Audio Jungle. Tonight, President Biden announcing he will nominate a historic candidate to the Supreme Court. The president coming before the cameras today with retiring Justice Stephen Breyer and vowing to fulfill his campaign pledge to nominate the first black woman to the bench. The top names on his short list and the timeline he gave for making his choice as the 50-50 Senate gears up for a confirmation fight. Also tonight, tracking the major nor'easter threat. 40 million under winter storm watches along the east coast. Up to two feet of snow expected. Virginia declaring a state of emergency. Al Roker timing it out. The shootout in Houston. Three police officers wounded. What we're learning about the suspect. The Pentagon warning Russia has moved more troops to the Ukraine border in the last 24 hours as President Biden holds a critical call with Ukraine's leader. What they discussed, Richard Engel on the front lines. The deadline for millions of health care workers to get their federally mandated vaccines. The critical pilot shortage and the major airline launching its own flight academy. No experience necessary. And after 42 years of telling America's story, a beloved member of our NBC News family signing off. This is NBC Nightly News with Lester Holt. Good evening, everyone. The process of choosing a nominee for the U.S. Supreme Court is officially underway tonight. President Biden making it clear when he'll announce his pick late next month and who the first black woman nominated to the court holding to a campaign commitment. The president's first detailed remarks on how he will move forward coming during an appearance with retiring Justice Stephen Breyer this afternoon. Breyer hand-carrying his retirement letter to the White House, outlining his plans to step down this summer. Tonight, a look at who may be on the president's shortlist to replace Breyer, how he plans to make his decision, and what the reception might be on Capitol Hill. Peter Alexander starts us off. Tonight, President Biden honoring Justice Stephen Breyer's judicial legacy for the president, a poignant close to a personal chapter, noting he ran the confirmation hearing when Breyer was first nominated. This is sort of a bittersweet day for me. Justice Breyer and I go back a long way. And now describing who he will pick to replace him. The person I will nominate will be someone with extraordinary qualifications character, experience, and integrity. And that person will be the first black woman ever nominated to the United States Supreme Court. It's long overdue in my view. Thought to be atop the short list, Judge Katanji Brown Jackson on the powerful federal appeals court here in Washington. A 51-year-old Harvard Law graduate who was confirmed with bipartisan support just last year and 45-year-old California Supreme Court Justice Leandra Kruger, along with J. Michelle Childs, a federal judge from South Carolina. Breyer hand-delivering his retirement letter to the president today, saying he will serve until the end of the court's term, 
The president's supporters hoping it's a chance for a political reset with his legislative priorities stalled. But Republicans are pushing back. They're trying to use this to distract from what is their failed agenda. The American people are all concerned with inflation and crime and COVID. President Biden promises to reach out to senators from both parties for advice, as well as his vice president and others, indicating he's looking for someone in the mold of Justice Breyer. I think he's a model public servant in a time of great division in this country. With Breyer pulling out a copy of the Constitution, pointedly talking about the challenges still confronting this country and reflecting on the American experiment. It's that next generation and the one after that. My grandchildren and their children, they'll determine whether the experiment still works. And of course, I am an optimist and I'm pretty sure it will. Peter, the president says he'll announce his nominee by the end of February. Yeah, that's right, Lester. President Biden says he is already reviewing candidates. The White House has been vetting the top contenders for more than a year now. So behind the scenes, the process is well underway. Lester. Peter Alexander starting us off in the White House. Thank you. Now the attention turns to the Senate, where key members are preparing to begin the confirmation process for Breyer's successor, whomever she may be. Garrett Hake is at the Capitol. Tonight, Senate Democrats eager to begin the confirmation process. That means we're not going to sit around. We're not going to sit on our hands. And we have been very expeditious in all of the other judicial nominees to the point where President Biden's nominees, have, he has had more confirmed judges at this point of his tenure than any other uh, president. So far, each of President Biden's 42 judicial nominees have received the unanimous support of Senate Democrats, including Kirsten Sinema and Joe Manchin, who told a West Virginia radio show today he's okay with the president selecting someone more liberal than he is. And whoever he puts up will have experience, and we'll be able to judge him off of that. But as far as just the philosophical beliefs, no, that, doesn't, that will not prohibit me. Supporting somebody. This nominee will be the first to have to make her way to the bench through an evenly divided Senate. If Democrats remain united, Republicans could slow but not stop her confirmation. Tonight, the Senate's top Republican holding his fire. I'm going to give the president's nominee, whoever that may be, a fair look um, and not predict on today when we don't even know who the nominee is, how I might vote. But McConnell also offered a warning to the president that he not outsource his decision to the, quote, radical left, a possible preview of what we'll hear in confirmation hearings likely to begin in March. Lester? Garrett Hank, thank you. There is breaking news out of Houston tonight where three officers were shot following a police chase. The shootout erupting in a residential area when the suspect's vehicle crashed. Police say the gunman fled the scene but was captured after a manhunt. All three officers were rushed to the hospital. They are listed in stable condition.
There's a state of emergency in Virginia tonight as tens of millions along the East Coast prepare for a major winter storm. Al Roker is following. What's the latest? So here we go, Lester. We've been talking about the model differences. Right now, we've got 40 million people under winter weather advisories, storm watches, or warnings. Here's what's happening. We watched this system come up Friday afternoon into the evening. The euro closer to the coast, stronger, slower, more impacts, especially in New England. The American model, quicker, weaker, further away, although starting to inch closer to the euro. But we do expect to see these major impacts. We also expect both models show that we'll have explosive deepening of this storm, 30 millibar drop or more, which is going to bring strong winds, blizzard-like conditions across New England, we expect, but those impacts could stretch further south as we watch this. Obviously, airports and roads are going to be a big problem over the next 72 hours, Lester. And I know you'll update it for us on today, tomorrow morning. Thank you, you Al. New concern tonight about the crisis in Ukraine. The Pentagon says Russia has moved more combat forces to the borders in the last 24 hours. Richard Engel is on the front lines tonight with Ukrainian troops. This may be Russia's way of showing it didn't like the United States' written answers to Russia's demand that NATO leave Eastern Europe and bar Ukraine. New live-fire drills near Ukraine, more jets into Belarus, and naval exercises in the Baltic Sea. President Biden called Ukraine's President Zelensky, who's receiving U.S. weapons. But President Biden has said repeatedly, no American troops are heading his way. On the call, President Biden pledged additional economic support. On Ukraine's front line in the east, the troops are remarkably calm. On watch, but many here seem to be following their government's line that there's no great reason for concern. We're in good spirits and we have no problems, says Valentin. Ukraine has already been in a low-level war out here in the east for eight years emptying out so-called frontline ghost villages. There used to be 3,000 people here. We found three women, all Russian speakers. None wants Putin to invade. We live in Ukraine. We don't need Russia, says Tatyana. Yet Russia continues to mass in force. Upwards of 120,000 troops now and significantly more intelligence officials say coming next week. NATO is trying to show a united front in support of Ukraine, but there are divisions. Germany refuses to send combat weapons, instead is sending 5,000 helmets. The mayor of Kiev was outraged and asked, what are they sending next, pillows? Lester. All right, Richard Engel in Ukraine. Thank you. We want to turn now to COVID at a mixed picture tonight. Positive signs in some areas where cases are falling, but more of those infected in recent weeks are now dying. Kate Snow with the latest. Tonight, a deadline for health care workers. In 25 states, including New York and California, they must now have at least the first dose of vaccine. 
It comes as some hospitals still face staffing shortages. In California, where average daily case numbers are up 27%, L.A. County reported its youngest ever fatality, a 15-month-old baby. In Washington state, they're averaging more deaths now than ever. And nationally, the death rate is still rising. But the average number of daily cases is going down because some states are past their peak or leveling off. Experts are closely watching a subvariant of Omicron that's now been found in a number of states. Early data suggests it's not more severe than the original Omicron. It may be a little bit more contagious. And that's what we have to pay attention to, and that's what we're learning. Does that mean that we could look at another wave or an addition to the wave we're already in? I think another major wave is really unlikely out of this subvariant. Two weeks ago, we were inside a COVID ICU at the Cleveland Clinic and met Ron Perelka. What would you say to people who think that Omicron is mild and it's no big deal? I'm going to go walk out the door and they can come and sit in here and see what it's like. Ron is back home and slowly recovering, but his son has been hospitalized for 71 days with double pneumonia and COVID. What's the lesson that we should learn from what your family's been through? I think um, appreciate family. Tell me love him. Up. The times are short. He's hopeful his son will be home soon too. Kate Snow, NBC News. In just 60 seconds, the critical shortage of commercial pilots and how one major airline is now taking aspiring pilots under its wings with a unique program to train them. Our inside luck coming up. Big news tonight of the U.S. economy growing at the fastest rate in nearly 40 years in 2021. But many industries are having trouble filling jobs, including the airlines. Today, United Airlines took a major step to address a critical pilot shortage, opening its very own flight academy. No experience necessary. Tom Costello was in Phoenix. Daybreak in Arizona, and 29-year-old Josh Azua is up early in the cockpit with his flight instructor. 71, rotate. Nice. Right, pitching 85. Six months ago, Josh was a motorcycle cop in Metro Denver, dreaming of learning to fly. That's when he saw United Airlines is recruiting students, no experience needed, for the first major airline-owned pilot flight academy to help fill the critical shortage of airline pilots. In December, he joined the first class outside of Phoenix. As soon as I had my first flight and we left the ground, I knew this was for me. I was hooked. Uh, it's just a completely different feeling than being on the ground. The industry predicts a shortage of 12,000 pilots in North America next year, with too few pilots coming from the military and private pilot training costing $100,000 prohibitive for many. All airlines are scrambling to fill their cockpits. United plans to hire 10,000 pilots over the next eight years, half of them graduates of its new academy. CEO Scott Kirby. This is a way for you to ensure that the, the pilots are being trained to the specs 
to the qualifications you want in the way that the military trains pilots with upset recovery training and really a unique approach to pilot training to train the next generation of pilots for United Airlines. United says 50% of its students will be women or minorities. As a flight attendant, Shelly Thomas dreamed of becoming a pilot. Today, she is. Yeah, you manage the energy perfectly. Teaching Josh to fly and headed for her own career in the cockpit. The ultimate goal would be to fly a 777 for United. Yeah. A 777? Yeah. That's a big plane? Bigger than this one. <laughs> Before becoming a commercial airline pilot, the grads will still need to have 1,500 flight hours. Most will start at a regional airline. As for Josh... Actually, I think they were probably my uh, best landings I've had yet. In a few years, he may be your pilot. Tom Costello, NBC News, Phoenix. On International Holocaust Remembrance Day, we look at how those trying to preserve its memory and meaning are confronting a dangerous, growing movement to rewrite history. Jake Ward has more. Susan Warsinger survived Kristallnacht and fled her native Germany alone with her brother in 1940 as the Nazis began murdering millions of Jews like her. I was there during the night of the broken glass when the, our neighbors, who we were friends with, looted our apartment and destroyed some of our furniture. And then I remember I had to be separated from my parents because they wanted us to be safe. She shares her memories at the Holocaust Museum and with groups online. But misinformation and lies about the Holocaust flood the Internet. You literally have some of the most, you know, extremist ideas moving from the margins into the mainstream. We see it in the willingness of people in elected office, those who should know better, to draw ridiculous comparisons between COVID-19 precautions and the Nuremberg laws. There's no basis for those comparisons. And experts say these comparisons aren't just inaccurate, they're dangerous. But the trivialization of the Holocaust doesn't allow us to learn from it. The goal is not only to look back on the past and say, well, what would I have done? But to look ahead at the future and ask of ourselves, what will I do? The largest social media platforms officially ban Holocaust misinformation, but a recent study found that 84% of anti-Semitic posts stay up even after being flagged by users. Susan Warsinger, at 93, is part of the last living generation of survivors. She says it's painful to see the Holocaust distorted in politics and online. My father and mother would be horrified. We have to be sensitive to each other, and we have to take care of one another. Someday, we won't have living witnesses to rely on. This is our moment to protect the truth they lived. Jake Ward, NBC News. We'll take a break right here up next. Members of Team USA take flight for the Beijing Olympics. About a hundred U.S. athletes are off to Beijing for an unprecedented Olympics shaped by the pandemic. Steve Patterson was with them as they left Los Angeles. 
Tonight, Team USA, packed, pumped, and ready to compete in the Winter Olympics. Speed skating star Brittany Bowe with a final farewell to mom before a 17-hour flight. Love you. But with COVID complicating everything from training to qualifying, it's already been a long trek. Dude, it's been, yeah, such a crazy ride. I'm just fingers crossed we get to get on this plane and get over there safe and sound. This is it. Nearly half the U.S. team is boarding this flight after a lifetime of preparation. But first, they're going to have to deal with some pretty strict protocols. Once they make it to Beijing, they'll be tested daily. They must remain in a fully closed loop, no interaction allowed with the Chinese public. And if an athlete tests positive, they'll be immediately isolated or hospitalized. I've tried to like not get so frustrated in my head and just take it day by day. Like so many invasive like nose tests. The Chinese government's zero COVID policy upping stress. It's definitely like adding a nerve-wracking part to it, but still like I'm just focused on racing and competing my best. That mindset echoed by the whole team. I think that if we just do our jobs, we're going to do amazing. A lifelong dream, undeterred, no matter the obstacle. Steve Patterson, NBC News, Los Angeles. We're looking forward to watching them. Up next, a tribute to one of our own, signing off at the end of an inspiring career. Finally, he has brought us news from around the world and stories of hope and inspiration at the end of many difficult days. Tonight, our story is about Kevin Tibbles as we say goodbye to him after 42 years on the air. If you tune into our broadcast every night, you know Kevin Tibbles well. Kevin Tibbles, NBC News, Chicago. Tel Aviv, Bosnia, Minneapolis, Baghdad. He's reported from just about everywhere and covered just about everything. Can they withstand the storm surge? A top-notch correspondent with a huge heart. But before the proud Canadian became a beloved member of our team... Kevin Tibble, CBC News. Montreal. He was a reporter in Canada for the CBC. In 1995, he joined NBC News and headed across the pond to London, where he spent five years covering all types of stories from the war in Iraq. It is an absolutely eerie day in Baghdad. To the death of Princess Diana. In 2000, he returned to the States and settled in Chicago, where he's been for the past 20 years. He's covered five Olympic games and learned how to fight like an ancient gladiator. He took us on a tour of some of London's best pubs and held his own on the ice for some of the world's most elite athletes. From a helicopter over the icy waters of Alaska to the tulips of Holland, Michigan, and some of the greatest roller coasters. Tibbles has done it all. He's up for anything. That dry sense of humor. I got to ride shotgun. And quick wit. Uh, Henrietta's finally put its right foot forward and said, Let's dance! Always shining through. Goodbye, cruel world. 
And while his adventure at NBC may be coming to an end, if we know Kevin, there's no question there will be plenty more ahead. Two tables. Kevin, so many of us have looked forward to your stories that remind us of all the good out there and good people. On behalf of your colleagues and our viewers, thank you for your storytelling and for your integrity and for lifting us up every night. Lester, it's been an honor, obviously. So many experiences, so many people, and I have traveled around the world and across this country from north to south, east to west. It has been a blessing working for you working for NBC News, I only have friends. And uh, it's been great bringing the stories of ordinary, regular people to the rest of the nation. Thank you so much. All right. Thank you again. Be, be well, my friend. That's Nightly News. Thank you for watching, everyone. I'm Lester Holt. Please take care of yourself and each other. Good night. Thanks for watching our YouTube channel. Follow today's top stories and breaking news by downloading the NBC News app. Audio Jungle. Money and power collide in Silicon Valley and beyond. This is Bloomberg Technology with Emily Chang. I'm Emily Chang in San Francisco, and this is Bloomberg Technology. Coming up in the next hour, a big beat for Apple and another record. Despite supply chain issues, we will break down the iPhone maker's quarterly report. Plus, Robinhood results also out just about one year on from the GameStop fiasco to the day. What tussles with regulators lie ahead for the trading platform? We will discuss. And breaking up, not so hard to do for SoftBank, on the verge of losing another top executive, COO Marcelo Clare in talks to split after asking for a billion dollars in compensation. We'll get to that in a moment, but first let's look at the markets. Obviously, we're watching Apple, our Ed Ludlow here. Looking at the big picture, too, Ed, give us a snapshot. Yeah, well, we will get to Apple and spoiler. They had a great fiscal first quarter, but we've got to look at the broader markets first. NASDAQ 100 down 1.2%.
the close that tech heavy index but again we swung from gains earlier in the session to losses and that's why I bring up Apple because is this big beat by Apple going to change the psychology of the market that's been so focused on the outlook for rates and what will happen to those stretch valuation tech stocks NYSE Fang Plus index that basket and mega cap tech stocks and Chinese ADRs also under pressure big reason Tesla down 11 percent 108 billion dollars of market cap shed and its biggest post earnings drop since July of 2019 semiconductors continue to be under pain down almost 5% and risk off sentiment in the market Bloomberg Galaxy crypto index which is largely Bitcoin and Ethereum with some other mar larger market value tokens also selling off let's get to those after hours um, earnings with Robinhood Robinhood having a tough time of it in the final quarter of 2021 the equities trading revenue down 35%. And so the top line comes in at $362.7 million of sales below expectations. I heard you talk about those meme stocks, but you know, November, December of last year, there was volatility. So it's really interesting to see Robinhood struggling there in after hours. Then let's think about Apple here because it was a big beat, a big beat on the top line. This is record revenue, almost $124 billion of revenue for Apple, way above expectations. Strength in those new products they're talking about. Of course, the Christmas period, the holiday period is Apple's fiscal first quarter. iPhone 13 comes out. Looks like there was strength. You and I were chatting a moment ago before we came on air. Why was the iPad not as strong? That's something to listen for in the call. But did Apple circumvent supply chain issues? It seems so, Emily. They certainly did. Ed Ludlow, thank you. I want to stick with Apple and bring in Forrester analyst Julie Ask. Julie, got to ask you about this big beat. What do you make of it, given the, the chip crisis and the supply issues that everyone else seems to be dealing with? Yeah, you know, I give credit to Apple. They continue to stun uh, despite the chip shortage and the supply chain issues. What we see from our side is consumer demand for the kind of products they sell is still very strong. We saw 19% of consumers buy a new laptop in the past six months. Uh, we see 76% of consumers using streaming audio, another 50% with streaming video. Uh, the demand is strong. Consumers expect to be home and expect to ebb in and out of office environments, gyms, and so forth. Uh, demand for Apple products continues to be strong. Of uh, the folks who bought a smartphone in the past six months, we show 47% in the US bought an iPhone. Um, and we show consumer demand for bundles to be strong. They like to save money. It takes away the, the complexity of choosing. So Apple's doing a lot of things right when we look at consumer demand today. We saw the iPad really make a resurgence through the pandemic. What do you make of the relative weakness we're seeing in this quarter? Does it have to do with kids going back to school and us sort of moving into a new phase of the pandemic? Yeah, it could. I think it, you're right. It could be a new phase of the pandemic. I mean, certainly it's uh, not become a, the laptop replacement that some thought it would be. Um, it certainly is a tool for those who are creative, those who are on the go. Um, and I certainly think the strength of the media offering helps the iPad. Um, but I think, you know, one of the things we look at, too, is just, you know, when we look at the Christmas season, uh, we look at things like, you know, uh, 3G came around, a lot of consumers were forced to upgrade their smartphones. And I think we could also just be seeing a question of consumers' priorities uh, during the holiday quarter rather than slack demand for a new product overall.
So actually, we are getting some headlines from the call right now. And Tim Cook saying that iPad revenues were lower due to supply constraints. So clearly, this is something that Apple is still feeling and it's impacting the iPad specifically. What do you make of that? Yeah, I don't, I don't know if there's more analysis that I can offer. You know, certainly it's tough. Uh, I went on Apple's website yesterday. I looked at the iPad Pro at the upper end of the line. I looked at AirPods. I looked at smartphones. I looked at smartwatches. Uh, there weren't many products that I couldn't get with inside of a week. Um, but certainly, you know, from the stories that I've read, it does seem like the supply chain, you know, impacted their ability to deliver to consumers in the, the last quarter of last year. So what else are you watching here? China in particular seems to be really strong. In fact, every re region was strong, except we saw relative weakness in Japan. But the iPhone, once again, gaining that top spot in China after six years. Yeah, so I think it's, you know, it's good to say, I mean, certainly, you know, the iPhone or iOS isn't the dominant operating system in uh, the China. Uh, but certainly Huawei has struggled, you know, Xiaomi hasn't, you know, come forth and, you know, brought out a killer product that everyone wants. Uh, so it's, it's a, I think it's a good sign, you know, overall, I think the other thing is, Emily, as we look forward, you know, it's not just about the smartphone or just about the tablet or about the watch. It's about the ecosystem, including all of the services that go around that. And there isn't really a company that has a stronger, more cohesive experience offering that works throughout an ecosystem like Apple does. And so the more devices consumers buy, the more services they buy or service bundles they buy, you know, the more likely they also are to be attracted to the Apple ecosystem. I'd say the second thing that you know I look at is the biggest hype or the kind of the biggest buzzword of the past four to six months in this industry has been the metaverse. And so I think as we also look forward and we think about well, what is it going to take to create experiences, what kind of a headset, what kind of an ecosystem, who has developers, who has services, I think it's going to be fun to watch Apple on that dimension as well. Tim Cook saying supply constraints were worse in Q1 than Q4, which certainly makes you wonder, uh, is it going to continue to get worse? Is there no relief uh, had moved on to talking about the iPhone now on the call. Uh, best lineup ever, he says, the Mac setting a record as well. But I want to move on to services and, you know, Apple TV Plus and, of course, this business that Tim Cook himself really bet on so many years ago and has, uh, you know, almost surpassed, you know, uh, just about everyone's expectations. Is there anything in particular on the services side that you're watching, especially over the next year? Probably a few things. So one, you know, certainly there's a difference between consumers using an audio service or use, you know, using a video service versus paying for it. Uh, so one, we're seeing more consumers pay. The second thing is, is we're seeing consumers drawn towards the bundles, like the bundle that Apple offers uh, that has fitness and music and video in it. Uh, they're looking for deals. Top of the list, they want to save money. Second on the list, they want something that's easy. Uh, third on the list, uh, they want to feel like they're getting a deal. And so the, the, the breadth of the offering that Apple offers plays heavily in their favor as well. And when we look at their generating, it's like 19, almost 20% of their revenue from services. It's, you know, it's, and of an Apple number, it's a very, very big number.
And obviously they do need people to keep buying that hardware to take advantage of those services. Tim Cook highlighting the new chips, Apple design chips, saying that's one of the reasons we're seeing some of these boosts mm -hmm. across the board in hardware. Okay, we're going to continue to follow these headlines. Julie Osk of Forrester, as always, appreciate your instant analysis. Thank you for joining us. I want to stick with Apple. The company is developing a feature that will let iPhones accept payments with just a tap of the credit card. Currently, merchants need to use terminals that plug in or communicate with the iPhone via Bluetooth. Bloomberg has learned Apple has been working on the feature since 2020 when the company bought a Canadian startup developing that technology. Coming up, it's been a year since the GameStop chaos. We are tracking Robinhood results as well and reflecting on the meme stock phenomenon that put the trading platform in the hot seat. This is Bloomberg. A year ago this week, thousands of retail investors went all in on a few failing stocks, including GameStop and AMC, following advice from the Reddit thread Wall Street Bets. Shares went soaring and upended many hedge funds' plans. This also put Robinhood, of course, in the spotlight and at the center of SEC scrutiny. I want to talk about all this and more with David Chase. He is the CEO of the law firm David R. Chase and a former SEC prosecutor. And before we dive in, David, I'm looking at Robinhood results now. The shares are plunging after hours. They missed on revenue. They missed on monthly active users. And there still are certainly questions surrounding some of the regulatory issues here. What do you make of uh, Robinhood a year later after the mania that was GameStop? Yeah, I, I, I would just say how things have changed. Um, in the last, um, you know, period of time since it filed its S-1 and went public with all of the anticipation about um, its revenues and profitability. Um, you know, clearly uh, the market uh, has punished um, uh, Robinhood's stock um, uh, given its performance to date and certainly um, apparently uh, continues even after the announcement today of earnings. Um, it, 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 it creates a situation where a company, you know, in the financial services industry, you know, can deal with regulatory problems, or certainly it makes it easier to do so when revenues are good and things uh, are going well for the company and it's profitable and the market is, uh, you know, rewarding it. Um, here, though, you've got a tremendous decline in stock price um, as the volume of activity in these meme stocks have dwindled. I think um, prior uh, um, host indicated that revenue equities trading was down 35% or so. Um, and so with that decline in trading activity, um, you know, you, you get the consequent decline in revenues. Um, but also, you know, the regulatory problems of Robinhood apparently have not gone away. Uh, there is still uh, apparently an intense SEC interest in this whole notion of gamification 
of the markets uh, generally, uh, I think including particularly Robinhood's role in that. You still have ongoing class action litigation with respect to Robinhood's decision uh, to restrict trading during the meme stock trading frenzy um, while it was uh, going full force. Uh, in fact, uh, just, just I think in the last week or two, an individual investor uh, won an award against uh, Robin Hood in a FINRA arbitration, only for 30, 40,000, but it potentially may be significant and an indication of things to come um, based upon uh, an arbitrator or arbitration panel's finding that it improperly or wrongfully, evidently, uh, restricted his ability to trade. Um, right. So, you know, for example, also payment of order flow, which Robinhood has relied upon as a source uh, of revenues, although less over time, is subject to um, continued um, regulatory and perhaps even congressional scrutiny. So um, even though the stock price has gone down and things are, are tough financially for the company, um, the regulatory landscape has not changed and perhaps is, is perhaps even getting a bit worse. Meantime, Robinhood CEO on the call talking about new products, and they are uh, launching new products little by little. They want to wa launch fully paid lending in the first half of the year. Uh, they intend to add more crypto services to the platform. Talk to us a little bit about the nuances of regulating a trading platform that is itself also a publicly traded company and the target of retail investors. Yeah, it's it's it, it gets complicated real fast. Um, you know, for example, the, the move to expand further into crypto, you know, may be important for the company to generate revenues to make up, uh, for example, for the loss of equity trading and volumes. Um, but that will inevitably bring um, you know, its own intense scrutiny from the SEC. Gensler, the head of the SEC, in recent comments, has made clear his view uh, that, you know, these cryptos, uh, cryptocurrencies and digital assets, depending upon the particular facts and circumstances, um, uh, you know, can be securities and should be subject to SEC regulation. Um, so you have that as an overlay on the trading platform uh, you know, uh, of a publicly traded company that has uh, disclosure obligations given its reporting requirements. And so, um, it, you know, like I said, it becomes complicated very, very fast. Robinhood will have to continue to make um, periodic filings discussing its operations, uh, disclosing material litigation that potentially could impact its, its business and stock price. Um, and, and, you know, it, it, it is running as a platform, which is going to be particularly if they advance further into crypto, I think, right. um, you know, trending into new territory for sure. Quickly, obviously, this retail investor phenomenon is not going away and it's not just affecting Robinhood. More broadly, you know, how big a task does the SEC have ahead, you know, when dealing with, you know, the uh, this avalanche of individual investors who want a say. Yeah, I mean, this is going. This is the big issue, and um, 
you know, the SEC has a job to, to uh, one of its main goals is investor protection. Um, but it also has to balance that against the need to have fair and efficient markets. Um, and so, you know, that delicate balance between protecting the individual investor uh, and providing uh, liquidity and efficiency, um, and also, you know, allowing uh, financial services to conduct business and conduct it profitably, um, kind of a light type of touch for regulation is also important. So that all has to be sorted out. All right, David Chase, lots of potential flashpoints to watch for. CEO of the law firm David Chase, former SEC prosecutor. Thanks much. Meantime, another story we're watching. Supreme Court Justice Stephen Breyer made it official that he will retire this summer. The 83-year-old justice joined the president at the White House who praised him for his years of service and promised he'd have a historic nominee by the end of February. While I've been studying candidates' backgrounds and writings, I've made no decision except one. The person I will nominate will be someone with extraordinary qualifications, character, experience, and integrity. And that person will be the first black woman ever nominated to the United States Supreme Court. Silicon Valley watching the nomination closely. Justice Breyer had a strong background in antitrust. That means the court could be less likely to take up those types of cases depending who the nominee is. Coming up, Intel plunges on the back of fourth quarter results. Investors feeling jittery about CEO Pat Gelsinger's ambitious plans to turn the chip maker around, including a new $20 billion manufacturing hub in Ohio. Will it pay off and when? We'll talk to him next. This is Bloomberg. NASA has announced it selected 12 companies to provide launch services, including Virgin Orbit, Blue Origin, SpaceX, and others. Virgin shares rising on the deal valued at up to $300 million. But that $300 million will be split across all companies in an effort to foster a growing U.S. commercial launch market. And moving on to chips, I caught up with Intel CEO Pat Gelsinger with my colleague Guy Johnson a day after the company reported fourth quarter results. I asked about concerns tied to how much Intel is spending, including another potential $20 billion hub for a new factory in Ohio. How guaranteed is the return? Take a listen. We feel uh, that uh, this overall industry, uh, you know, expected to double by 2030, from half a trillion today to a trillion. Most of that is leading edge technology, which Intel's only one of three companies on the planet that's able to build at that scale. So we feel very strong that the demand signals for the long term are gonna make these great investments. We also have a period that we had underinvested in capacity, and that's some of the supply limitations. You know, what I wouldn't do to have more fab capacity today. So taking that together, you know, this is exactly the plan that we've laid out. We're going to invest aggressively 
in our capital build-out. And this week's, or last week's announcements, Emily, of the Silicon Heartland, oh my gosh. You know, the president, the governor, and I'll just tell you, even though it was in Ohio, every one of the Midwest states was so excited about us bringing this new capacity into the heartland of America, the Silicon Valley, the Silicon Forest, the Silicon Desert, and now the Silicon Heartland. You do seem to have a direct line to the president these days, Pat. And on that note, Ford CEO Jim Farley told me this week that he sees no relief ahead when it comes to the chip crisis. Elon Musk on the Tesla call yesterday said they're going to continue to be chip limited going forward. What was your message to the president? I mean, what more can the government do to bring some of that relief? Well, you know, we, we believe, and I've been saying uh, since early last year, that we see the shortage persisting into 23 and maybe even beyond. That said, you know, we do think that it will see incremental improvements as we go through the year. You know, but these are, you know, still challenging times, and lots of these nodes that we have shortages on and different component shortages that we see, you know, they're not going to go away overnight. So we think that we're going to be collectively fighting through these supply challenges as we go through the year. You know, that said, hey, as a IDM, where I manufacture a lot of this myself, you know, part of our strength of our business model is that we have more tools to be able to respond to these shortages than other companies do. And that was a big piece of our Q4 results. Can I just take you back, though, to, to the point that Emily raised just a moment ago, and that is that you are investing huge amounts of money. The, the analyst community, the investment community looking at this, um, certainly saying that this is something you have to do. But what they're wondering, I think, is when do we start to see margins improving as you make this investment? When do we start to see a return coming back to more normal margins? When do you think that point is? Yeah, we, we laid out a, a five-year picture uh, guy on our last uh, call where we said, hey, 51 to 53 for a couple of years, and then they're going to start improving as we go to the back half of that uh, five-year period. And you know, I guided to 52%, right in the middle of that range for our Q1. So overall, I just say it's happening exactly like we planned it uh, to be. You know, we're seeing our revenue growth rates, you know, these new business areas that I laid out. Everything's happening exactly like we uh, planned it. And yep. know, yeah, this is a big investment cycle for us as a company. It's the right one for Intel. It's a critical one for the industry and for our nation. And uh, I'm proud of the fact that we're making these investments. And uh, you know, at some point, the street is just gonna see we are doing exactly what we say. We are a say, do company. And this leadership team, we are so fired up because we're seeing everything that we said, process leadership, product leadership, manufacturing capacity. We're doing it on track to deliver exactly what we said we would. Is there, and I think this is one of the questions I think a lot of people are asking themselves, is is there a possibility that you end up spending more than the opportunity to invest in the United States, uh, in, in the, the heartland, as you say, is even greater, that Ohio could be even bigger? Do you think that actually the capital investment could be greater than even you're suggesting right now? 
Well, when we announced the site, we said, hey, these are our first two fabs. We could see it go to eight plus fabs. So the initial 20 billion for two fabs. And uh, we said this could be a hundred billion dollar investment over the uh, decade. And part of the site was a big area that we could just grow and expand in over time. And I'll tell you, the New Albany area of Ohio, you know, just perfect. So warm embrace, support by the governor, by the local community, the entire Midwest. My objective, and if the CHIPS Act gets passed, our statement is we're going to go bigger and faster. Intel CEO Pat Gelsinger there. You can catch the full interview at Bloomberg.com. Coming up, more Apple results. We've got the latest on the iPhone makers record sales this quarter and what it signals about what's happening in the global supply chain. That is next. This is Bloomberg. Welcome back to Bloomberg Technology. I'm Emily Chang in San Francisco. I want to get back to those Apple results. Our Ed Ludlow with us. And Ed, we're getting some critical insights from Tim Cook about what's happening right. in the supply chain. What is he saying? Yeah, it's really interesting because it was such a blockbuster quarter. You know, it was only a year ago we were kind of out, it was shocked by $100 billion of revenue in a quarter. Now they're pushing towards $125 billion to the quarter. Record retail sales during a pandemic is what Tim Cook is talking about. Services revenue outperforming. But listen to this, because supply chain, mixed picture. We set all-time records for both developed and emerging markets and saw revenue growth across all of our product categories except for iPad, which we said would be supply constrained. As expected, in the aggregate, we experienced supply constraints that were higher than the September quarter. So here's the thing. He's talking about strong year-on-year -year growth going into the fiscal second quarter, as in the quarter we're currently in. But we had that warning around supply chain. So, Em, do me a favor. Ask Dan Ives this question. <laughs> Dan, does the S&P 500 and NASDAQ 100 turn a corner now because Apple seems to have defied the odds of the supply chain, although it has impacted iPad that came in softer than expected. They seem to have pulled a rabbit out of a hat, Emily. Uh, absolutely. And, and certainly I find it interesting that it was worse in Q1 than Q4, though it sounds like on the call he's saying it looks like it could right. be getting better ahead. You got it. I think Dan can probably hear you. Uh, so let's get to that now uh, and bring in Dan Ives of Wedbush Securities, who's also being li listening in on this Apple call. Dan saying in his latest note, a major statement on iPhone services demand and Cupertino's ability to navigate a supply chain shortage in an almost Teflon-like fashion. Dan, I know you're listening in. You know, give us your uh, headline takeaway about these supply issues and how Apple has managed them. Look, I think Ed hit the most important piece in terms of the supply chain. You know, as hard as the supply chain is to navigate, I mean, Apple's really doing it at the front of the line. And I'd say the, the damage has been contained. If you look at this iPhone beat, this was not even on the radar to have a number like this given the supply chain issues. 
And importantly, you know, to Ed's question, supply chain improving in March, that's going to be a big focus tomorrow for every tech investor and really anyone in the food chain that contrasts some of the fears that we're seeing, even from a Tesla and others, about supply chain issues lasting throughout all 2022. That's a key. Okay, but why is Apple managing it so much better, or so it seems, than everybody else? I mean, we heard Elon Musk on the Tesla call yesterday saying that they're going to continue to be chip limited, and then we see this big move down in Tesla shares today. Okay, about nine months ago, Apple overordered anywhere from 20 to 30 million iPhones. They saw this happening, and, and they've continued to do that the last few quarters. And I think what's important here is that they're proactive. Of course, in China with Foxconn, they have a unique ability from a chip perspective in terms of sourcing, as well as the amount that Apple orders from an iPhone and just across their overall hardware ecosystem. They're at the front of the line. They, they ultimately get dibs when it comes to getting chips. That's why Cupertino continues to navigate it, but it's Cook. I mean, Cook's balancing act and what he's been able to do over his last year in the chip shortage is nothing short of remarkable. Well, and of course, he was the COO of Apple for all those years, and his job was to master that supply chain. We're still listening in to him on the call. He says he believes they're gaining market share in iPhone. Looking ahead, you know, certainly little more optimistic than some of the other calls we've heard. What are the, the flashpoints for Apple going to continue to be, uh, especially given that this is, this is a, a global issue, even though Apple seems to be managing it better than everybody else? Well, flashpoint, Cook's hitting it on the call a little. He's not going to call it out specifically, but we think they've gained about 250 bips a share in China. And, and they were the number one uh, smartphone maker in China, first time in six years. That That's important because that's a key market for them. You look at overall supply chain, that's going to ebb and flow, but this is the strongest product cycle in a decade. And of course, you know, in this market, we can talk about valuations all we want, but you look what's happened on services, I think that's worth $1.5 trillion. This is going to be what I believe almost a turnaround print for the tech sector. You combine this with what we saw from Microsoft, key, in my opinion, to reversal in tech. What's your take on the iPad weakness? What do you think is happening there? Supply chain constraint. If it's not for supply chain, they beat street. And I think that was, they called that out. We saw that from our checks. And I think that's something that will we'll start to improve going into March and June. But, of course, that is the one area with, that you saw for a pull forward from a work from home, unlike what you saw in services and iPhone, where that continues to plow ahead. So let's talk about Tesla once again and that big 11% move down on the day. Obviously, I know you you're very bullish on Elon Musk and what this company uh, has been able to pull off, even in the midst of these supply chain issues. But, you know, at some point they don't have a choice. They can only work with what they have. What is your outlook for Tesla in the year ahead as these issues persist? Look, I ultimately think there's a company that's 
that 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 could be up from a growth perspective, 70% from units. I think they had to be conservative coming out of the gates. They obviously, the stock took it on the chin. I think ultimately an overreaction. But, but if you look at it right now, they don't have a demand issue. They have a supply issue. The most important news that I think many glossed over is in terms of the Austin build-out. You're starting to manufacture cars with 4680, which is so important. And I think right now, by the end of this year, there'll be the 2 million run rates unit perspective. We'd be buying the sell-off in terms on supply chain. I believe this is one. We're going to look at this, and they prove to be conservative. That said, of course, Tesla has GM and Ford on its heels. There are all the uh, very competitive EV makers in China. How do you think ta Tesla manages to stay ahead of the competition when consumers just have a lot more options if they want to buy an electric car. Yeah, and, and there's an EV arms race, you know, as you're talking about, not just GM, Ford, of course, VW in Europe and then in China, Neo X, Ping and others. 3% automobiles today are EV. We think by 2025, that's 10% and 30% by 2030. You're going to have a lot of winners here. But the moat that Tesla has, besides just the brand and the model, the battery technology is the distribution. That's why Austin's so important in terms of the build-out. That 4680, that's really what you put an asterisk around in terms of a big differentiator as we go in 2022. Uh, continuing to listen in to the Apple call, Apple uh, Cook saying that the supply chain is doing very well considering the shortages, doesn't see any need for fundamental changes to the supply chain. What are you going to be watching to see in, you know, to, in terms of how not, you know, Apple, Tesla, that all of these companies manage this continuing issue? I mean, just to show you, and I probably got about 10 emails from invest, institutional investors on those comments, because that is the linchpin. Apple is going to be the best barometer for the supply chain. Cook has the best purview. His viewpoint's key for the broader supply chain across technology. And what that basically means, if we're starting to see some improvement, and I think right now the street's baking and something that's going to last throughout 2022. Cook's saying not so fast. Very important in terms of broader tech as well as for Apple. All right. Dan Ives, always appreciate your insights here. Thank Dan you. Dan Ives of Webbush Securities. Thank you. Another story we are following. Spotify down for a fifth day with the stock at its lowest level since May 2020. At the same time, the company announced it is removing the music of Neil Young. The singer raised concerns that Spotify's most popular podcaster, Joe Rogan, is spreading vaccine misinformation, writing in a letter to the company that they can, quote, have Rogan or Young, not both. Spotify struck a deal with Rogan in 2020 with more than $100 million. Coming up. He wanted a billion, but SoftBank said no. The latest on the likely departure of COO Marcelo Clare, and what's next? Next, this is Bloomberg.
SoftBank COO Marcelo Clara is in advanced negotiations to leave the company. This after clashes with founder Masayoshi Son over how much Clare is paid. Bloomberg has learned he wanted as much as a billion dollars in compensation in recent months. For more on what his departure could mean, I'm joined by Bloomberg's executive editor of Global Tech, Tom Giles. So, Tom, what happened here? Obviously, we knew things weren't going well, based on our own reporting. Yeah, they could not come to terms. Uh, you know, Marcelo Clare has played a significant role in a lot of things at SoftBank, a lot of key developments in SoftBank over the last several years. There was the turnaround with Sprint before they sold that. There was getting WeWork back on track, getting that company IPO'd. And remember what a nightmare that was for quite a long time, a real decline in the investment uh, in, in terms of the uh, value of that investment for SoftBank, one of its biggest. Um, so he played a key role in that. He also has developed their Latin American uh, investing uh, fund up to about $8 billion. So he's played a significant role in some pretty big events and kind of bailing out SoftBank in some key ways. So there was compensation to the tune of a billion or more. There was also wanting a spinoff of the Latin American uh, funds. Again, $8 billion, him wanting to have more independence there. Um, that's where he's from. He's from Bolivia. He's got an affinity for the region. Um, and really wanting to have that kind of more, you know, more independence. What do you make of yet another very high-profile executive leaving SoftBank, though? Obviously, Marcelo Clara, we all know he's a big personality. Nikesh Arora, his predecessor, also a big personality. And then, of course, Masayoshi Son. And then you also have these, you know, folks in, in the Vision Fund, many partners who've left. What do you make of the revolving door? There are some, as you said, very big personalities at SoftBank, and they're running lots of money. They're in charge of, a, they have a lot of responsibilities, and there's some big egos there. I don't think I'm seeing anything very controversial in that. Um, when you get those people around the table together, you're inevitably going to have disagreements and add Son to the mix, who's a very strong personality himself. Um, and it's not an environment where, you know, where they're sitting around singing kumbaya. Um, strong personalities, lots of responsibility, managing lots of money, making big decisions. And they really haven't been able to, you know, create an environment where these big personalities can sit around the table and get along well. It looks like it's, it's the kind of thing that Masa is going to have to get his arms around. Eventually, you would have to think if they're going to continue to make these monumental decisions, make these big investments in big companies and working to turn them around. Any ideas what Clara is going to be up to next? Well, I mean, you know, he's been pushing for a long time for this, you know, independent investment fund. Do you go and work for another one? Do you take some of those Latin American funds with you? The sense is he really wants to have his own shop. He really wants to be the guy in charge. And he wants to manage big amounts of money, possibly in Latin America. We don't know exactly where he's going to land. 
Um, we do know he's planning to leave. Uh, we don't know exactly when that's going to happen. We understand there are still negotiations underway. What those negotiations look like, um, we're going to be working really hard to be the first to report it right here on Bloomberg. All right. Tom Giles, our executive editor, thank you for the update. We'll be watching your reporting coming up. Shares of Netflix jumping after Bill Ackman announced his huge new stake in the streaming giant. What it means as Netflix looks globally for new subscribers. That's next. This is Bloomberg. To global streaming domination, despite the latest subscriber bump in the road, Netflix has invested more than a billion dollars to create original Korean content with the hope of recreating the success of Squid Game. But as Bloomberg's Shirley Zhao reports, the ultimate goal is to win over the rest of Asia, including Thailand and Taiwan. Netflix's Korean shows are hugely popular around the world nowadays, and the popularity of these shows help Netflix generate 356 million U.S. dollars in 2020, which is a huge increase from the level in 2019. Some of these shows include Kingdom, which is Netflix's first Korean original and remains one of Netflix's most popular shows around the world nowadays. And of course, we have Squid Game, which became Netflix's biggest show ever in just a month after its release in September. It generated about 900 million US dollars in value and attracted over 111 million viewers around the world. And then there is Hellbound, which is also wildly popular. It figured in Netflix's top 10 show list in over 90 countries. Netflix actually started pretty small in Korea. There was a time uh, back in 2016 when Netflix just entered Korea. Mainstream broadcasters are unwilling to license shows to Netflix, but at that time there were also many opportunities. For example, mainstream broadcasters were bound by a lot of conventional taboos and uh, rules on what can be shown and what cannot be shown on TV. So there were a lot of good scripts uh, lying around in the market and that created an opening for Netflix to zone in in these scripts uh, and Netflix shows often feature for example violence, sex and unconventional topics like uh, politics and social inequality. Netflix has invested over 1 billion US dollars in creating Korean original content and they're planning 25 more Korean shows in 2022. 
Netflix strategy is really go local and go original, and they have doubled down their investment in other uh, Asian countries, for example, Thailand and Taiwan and India, where they're creating a lot of local language shows. And they are also utilizing some of the universally popular content, for example, Korean content and Japanese anime. They have invested a lot in these two types of content as well because they have attracted a lot of viewers across Asia, uh, no matter what culture and what country. Bloomberg, Shirley Zhao reporting there. I want to stay on Netflix, which got a big boost thanks to Bill Ackman and his hedge fund Pershing Square purchasing more than 3 million shares of the streaming service. Ackman confirming via tweet that he is now among Netflix's top 20 shareholders. For more on what it could mean, I'm joined by Bloomberg's Lucas Shaw. Lucas, why do you think investors, this investment from Ackman made such a difference to investors and how much input will he actually have? on what Reed Hastings and Ted Sarandos decide to do? Well, it amounted to a, a big vote of confidence from a high-profile investor, someone who, who has a history of being something of an activist, although in recent years he, he hasn't been as much. Uh, and his letter made it pretty clear that he believes in the company, he believes in the streaming business model. And so after a week of Netflix shares just getting destroyed on the market, you saw them, them pop back up today, in large part because of the, the Ackman investment. As far as his, uh, you know, his, his role in the company, I don't sense he's going to have a ton of say. You know, he is a top 20 investor. He's not a top 10, top 5. When I reached out to Netflix about it, it didn't seem like there'd been a lot of conversations between, uh, between Ackman and, and leadership. But of course, that may change in the future. Now, how does Netflix weather this subscriber bump in the road? And is Asia going to be the savior? You know, the, the message from the company and from everyone I've spoken with is, you know, continue doing what we're doing. Uh, yes, they issued a, a forecast for the current quarter that wasn't received very favorably, but they continue to believe in the long-term strategy. Netflix's leaders don't get swayed much by whether the stock price is going up or down. Uh, you know, maybe if this, this slowdown lasts for many months or the next couple of years, they'll start to change. But I think they're just going to keep trying to make shows that people want to watch and keep looking for customers. Asia is, is clearly the most important region for that. You know, they're at close to saturation in the U.S. Their growth in Latin America has really slowed down. Over the past couple of years, it's been Europe, Middle East, and Africa, and then Asia Pacific that have been the kind of the real engines. And Asia is where they have the most room to grow. It's also where it's the most challenging. They've had a lot of success, as, as we just heard, in South Korea and to some extent in Japan. A lot of the markets left for them tend to be poorer and, and you know, don't have the same local content industry. So I'll be very curious how Netflix does in a place like India, where they said uh, you know, they're very frustrated with their performance thus far. Now, I got to ask you about this Spotify story. Delete Spotify now trending after this Neil Young, Joe Rogan debacle. Of course, Spotify uh, electing to keep Joe Rogan on the platform. Neil Young going off the platform. How serious is this? 
I have yet to see any evidence that this is a real problem for Spotify. Neil Young has a history of being something of an iconoclast. If you go back a couple of years, he took his music off of Spotify because he didn't think that the audio was high enough quality. He started his own music service called Pono that nobody really used. As long as he is the only person doing anything, Spotify's fine. If you see a bunch of artists line up behind him and express concern, then it becomes a real crisis. As, as far as the delete Spotify hashtag, you know, I guess we'll see if there's any effect on numbers or in their forecast when Spotify reports earnings next week. But I haven't heard anything from people at the company to suggest that it's had a, a massive impact just yet. Well, even before this, Spotify shares were in the process of taking a leg down over the last several sessions. Why is that? I think there's a, a growing concern that their big bet on podcasting isn't going to pan out as well as people had hoped, or at least as quickly. You know, Spotify spent all this money buying podcast studios on shows. And one of the reasons it's standing behind Rogan is because he is far and away the best deal that they made just from audience. He's their most popular show by leaps and bounds, whereas the studios that they bought haven't produced a lot of new hits. And it hasn't led to a material change in, in new customers, which is why you've seen the company change its strategy. You know, I think when they first started in podcasting, they thought, that it might bring in new subscribers. It also might help kind of make them more profitable because of how expensive music right. is. If you've noticed now, they're talking a lot about advertising, which is a, a different model. Well, we'll be watching to see how this one plays out. Bloomberg's Lucas Shaw, thank you as always for your insights. Coming up tomorrow on Bloomberg Technology, it is an anniversary Robinhood does not want to remember. We'll speak with Soren Ondal of Blue Orca one year on from the GameStop drama. And that does it for this edition of Bloomberg Technology. I'm Emily Chang in San Francisco. Stay tuned for more coverage of Apple and Robinhood coming up next on Bloomberg Television. Going up. Welcome to the Pop Tower Podcast with your host, the man behind the myth, Peter Dawson, and the soulful Lord, James Bullock. It's episode 120 of the Pop Tower Podcast. 120, 2022. Let's go. I'm Peter W. Dawson. And I'm James. Can you dig it, Bullock? Wonderful. I wasn't even trying to do anyone specific. I was just trying to be extreme. And then you, <laughs> no. went, you went a very specific place with that. But that, that's fine. Um, yeah, so we're going to talk about... Uh, in this 2022 episode, we're actually going to talk about uh, some of our favorite games. Well, some games we're talking about yeah. from 2021. <laughs> Uh, we got It's gonna mostly be a recap of ones we've talked about before. There's a couple of new ones we're gonna slip in there. Mm -hmm. uh, specifically, two disappointments. <clears throat> and of course, we'll talk about our games of the year. Do you want to just lead with game of the year? Because I know what mine is. And oh I'm... no, I, I know what yours is. And after looking at, um, ironically enough, the uh, PlayStation wrap, wrap up dropped this week, so I actually checked mine out this morning. And uh, yeah, yeah, pretty much. I, I guarantee you, we had the same game of the year. <laughs> Oh, is it is it lost judgment for both of us? Yes. Oh, that's great. <laughs> I don't think we've 
fully agreed on a game the entire time we've done this. I, that was the thing. It's always been like we both had like that game that like, oh, you picked the one that I would put number two, and yeah. I picked the one that you would put number two. <laughs> and like, I don't even know what it would have It probably two would have been either Metroid or um, maybe Village. For me, it was going to be either Psychonauts 2 or Village. Mm. I, I pro- yeah, I probably put it with Dread near the top. Yeah, um, yeah. Village is still probably near the top as well. Yeah, um, I put a lot of time in Village. I did not realize I put as much time in Village as I did. Yeah. It's it's going to be one of those things, too, where I'm inevitably going to now play one of the best indie games of last year, sometime this year, mm-hmm. like probably in like March or something, to be like, <laughs> oh, man, should have put that on my list. That's <laughs> happened more than once. <laughs> Like, that happened with Disco Elysium. <laughs> yeah, yeah, oh yeah. Um, and I'm sure it'll happen with others. <clears throat> but yes, for we've talked about it a lot, Lost Judgment, uh, the latest entry in the Yakuza franchise, the second in the Judgment series. Game of the year. Um, very few problems. The only one I kind of realized since last time we talked about it, because like what we said before, combat, probably some of the best in the series. Yes. Uh, almost certainly. I'd, I'd be hard-pressed to think of another one that was quite so fluid. Um, you know, it's really showing the strengths of the Dragon Engine, which is their proprietary engine. <clears throat> the gameplay in general, very good. Uh, there's a few quirks here and there. Some of the mini games aren't as crisp as they could be. Yeah, and, and some of them are just either really <clears throat> short-lived or too long to be worth their while. Yeah. I mean, all the... Uh, School stores were not created equal. Yeah, yeah. Especially because there's the one that ends up not even like when you're doing the wrap up. They're like, uh, "We could just take this off the board. Doesn't even matter." I'm like, yeah. oh, "Man, <laughs> like literally, there's uh the the sub story that concludes the whole school stories. Uh, there are several clubs that don't even show up or even mention in the, in the conclusion. There, two or three don't even show up. Yeah, a few show up, but then they don't do anything. Like yeah, the, the ones that actually do like, stuff. Oh, there's are, like, a pop in. I mean, I get it when the biker gang is so heavily featured, they need to factor in. Yeah, yeah. And, I mean, the takedown, when you get all the clubs working together, is really cool. <laughs> I just kind of wish they could have slipped in some of the other ones. Yeah, integrated some of the other ones more, or just not had them at all, because they didn't make any sense to the, to the logic of, oh, these people need to be here at this moment. Yeah. And, yeah. <laughs> but the general... And this, this one probably has some of the weakest effort or reward equal to effort. Yeah. Be- because the squirrel detector being the reward for finishing all the school stories seems like a weird choice. Yeah, yeah, oh yeah. <clears throat> I don't know, like, I think they could have handled the items a bit better, but these are pretty minor nitpicks overall. Like, the only one I think is genuinely kind of a problem, and even then I could still forgive it, is how often the same conversation happens between... Uh, for lack of a better term, our hero and our protagonist, where they just basically argue the same points with each other probably three or four times. Yeah, yeah, we talked about that in, in the extensive, uh, exhaustive recaps Yeah, that they would do. And I mean, I don't mean like, oh, they had a chapter, like this moment happened, you know, in chapter one, and then chapter eight we have another recap of that moment. No, we're talking about literally scene to scene. Yeah. It's because basically every time these two characters meet up again, they would inevitably have the same conversation. Yeah, yeah. And like the final conflict between the two was satisfying. And this is a game that has a very um, after-school special ending. Yeah, but they earned it. 
<clears throat> they earned it so much. <laughs> Uh, and yeah, like, it's just a f- and there's a few other things continuity wise that bothers me. Like, they just refuse. It's been three years and he's still not with Mafuyu. I'm like, yeah, just... yeah, we talked about that. that. That was such a disappointment. And the, and the girl, it's not even a point with the girlfriend mechanic because they barely even included it in the base yes! game. And and no, that was something that you brought up when it came to the DLC. And like, a big proponent of that DLC is the fact that you can have multiple girlfriends. Yeah, it's just like uh, I I. I really hate that they don't commit. Yeah. They need to commit to something sometime. Let people be happy in relationships. I know. I'm just, yeah. That's one thing about this, about the Yakuza series. We could not have, like, a long-standing relationship in terms of of, of a romantic romantic relationship when it comes to these games for some reason. Oh, I know, because they freaking wrote out Kaoru after Yakuza 2. Yeah. And it's like, it really didn't do them any benefit to do that, because, I mean... Than the characters we got in th- I mean uh, it's just general frustrations with the franchise aside it's a great game I I showed it to some people during our Extra Life bonus stream uh, to, and it was supposed to only kill two hours right it killed over three yeah especially when we got addicted to using some of the same heat moves over and over again the one where he speed bags the guy when he's on the ground oh I love that when I first did that I lost because we spammed that like 12 or 13 times was so fun um. <clears throat> no, so it's a very good game. Highly recommend it. Even for early game pacing, it's not that bad compared to some of the other ones. No, no, no. It's one of those things that um, I think the pacing, and I know we talked about this too in the review, was more connected to the fact of like we are completionists when it comes to these games, at least for like sub stories and stuff like that in the mini games. So yeah. like, of course, our pacing was a lot more off compared to somebody that was just playing through the story. Because if you don't, if you just play through the story, actually the story flows and the plot does go really well. It's very well paced. It's good. Uh, like the yeah, the actual storyline is pretty good, and there's a few bits that are interesting, but they're more they're, they're better designed than some of the other interesting ones. They've mm-hmm. <clears throat> like especially the fight with the guy with the chainsaw. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. That was a really good one. Um. So yeah, we highly recommend it. I don't know if there's much else to say. I no, mean, no, no. Like I said, game of the year for me. And 100%. The only thing I'll say, though, I'm disappointed is the fact that I don't see it. And I know it's, it's a niche title. It's not like a big deal. But I thought it would be a little bit of a grander deal. I guess because it's, just, it's not marketed as a Yakuza game in title. Mm. That, you know, following the popularity and the praise of Like a Dragon, I thought this would get a lot more praise and kind of anticipation, especially when it comes to the game, uh, the year-end game awards kind of thing. And it yeah. really didn't for some reason. Well, because the franchise, like, when IGN dropped their list of 100 best games of all time, uh, not a single Yakuza game was on there. Yeah, yeah. Which bothers me, because in general, I liked that list more than I thought I would. Mm-hmm. I mean, of course, I had opinions about what was placed where. I'm like, because uh, it's like, on the one hand, I'm like, oh, cool, um, Final Fantasy VI beat seven. I agree with that. Right, right. Fourteen beat both of them. I'm like, uh, I mean, I guess because it's a popular MMO, I can live with that. Yeah. And of course... Uh, Fallout 2 wasn't nearly as high enough on my list as I would have liked, you know, mm-hmm. stuff like that. <laughs> Opinions are gonna opinion. I know. And of course, I'm sure everyone's upset that their number one was Breath of the Wild. I know! <laughs> <laughs> I don't agree with that, and I love that game. <laughs> anyway, um, so maybe we should just talk about what our number two, our number twos and number threes, because those were uh, real, well, do you have anything that you wanted to add about Psychonauts 2? 
No, no, like I said, I, I really enjoyed it. Like, the reason I did not put it at my number one is because of something we talked about when we did the review, and that was the gameplay itself. Like, the gameplay mm -hmm. is solid, but there were mm -hmm. some quirky moments and some stumbles when it comes to just the overall aesthetics when it came to the gameplay and the functionality that kind of took <laughs> it out of way and, and, and made me... It was one of those games where the gameplay didn't really influence me to want to play it was the story itself that made me continue on. Like, there were some good missions, like we talked about with the judges and um, and the ram it down section that I thought was a great boss battle. But then, like, the numerous, you know, just regular fights, they were kind of meandering at times, and then hit detection was iffy. So, like, the, the gameplay itself, the combat, could be iffy. And sometimes even the platforming could be iffy in Psychonauts too. but the story was so good. The characters were so good that I just love that world. And this is coming from someone that enjoyed the first one, but I just could not believe how much I loved the second one. Yeah. It was very good. <clears throat> I had no problem not putting it in my top three, but I'm just like, yeah. it's still a very good game. Yeah, very much so. I mean, it's one of those things. Um, and then, of course, the one I said I wanted to be my number two was mm. Metroid Dread. Mm -hmm. um, I don't know, definitely don't need to add much more to that. Like, you really have to play that game to understand it. But the, probably the one thing I'll slip in is it had better stealth mechanics than uh, Lost Judgment did. Oh, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I'll just throw that bit of shade in there. But otherwise, no, very good game and very much scratched that uh, nostalgia itch. Mm -hmm. Like the only they said the continuity thing's a bit awkward, but, you know, it's like I'm kind of stuck. <laughs> I do hope now that that's all done, they can maybe do a new storyline and not have to worry about the continuity anymore. Right, right, yeah. That'd be real nice. And then we both really love Resident Evil 8. Yeah, oh, that that was a, a pleasant surprise in the sense of I was hoping that it would live up to what 7 did and not have that moment of, uh, okay, I think a lot of people will agree. When you get to the ship in 7, mm -hmm. the game kind of falls apart. I wouldn't say falls apart, but it definitely doesn't feel like the same game anymore. Yeah. It becomes more action-oriented, and especially when you have a, a group of enemies that are pretty much all the same with the mold, it just didn't feel that dynamic, especially when you remove the bigger boss battles that were essentially what made the first, the Baker House so much fun. Resident Evil Village didn't have that problem, even though we had a lot of uh, uh, sub-bosses, and the only issue I have with Resident Evil Village is something that I have an issue, the same thing with Deathloop. In the sense that it gives you the premise of freedom in terms of you can go about your way and do things this way. That's what you're thinking. But in reality, yeah. it's one of those things that, no, it's a set linear path. And in terms of Village, like the only thing that's really optional, like a couple of mini-bosses that you can go out and find if you do it at specific times or unlock certain areas at specific times. But a majority of the actual ebb and flow in terms of who you will face is literally dictated to you as it goes, and that's the way they wanted it. And I feel like you know you could have had some uh, some some very some variety to the overall ability to go this way and that way after you get past the first stage, essentially. And that's the only thing that kind of like knocked down Village, especially when you replay the game for me. That it doesn't feel like you have as much freedom as it looks like you could have had. Yeah, that's fair. 
Um, I was just thinking in general. I liked what they did better, I think, than um, Seven, just a little bit, is the the progress of power. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. I, th- I think felt more natural. I think that's that's what, one of the reasons the ship segment kind of fell apart for people. But, I mean, it also helped that it was going a little more ludicrous. It was going a little more Resident Evil 4. Yeah, I think uh, that's what... What am I saying? A little. A lot no, more especially when we get to the factory. Oh, yeah. No, I, I appreciate it. I know a lot of people actually got mad about that. They felt like they were kind of like dis, just kind of discrediting the lore of, of the Resident Evil franchise. But I love wacky Resident Evil, you know, to a certain extent. Like, I, like wacky Resident Evil 4 is great. You know, wacky, wacky Resident Evil 6 is so not. I know, right? <laughs> oh, I hate 6. 6 <laughs> is one of my least favorite in the franchise. And I hate Steve and freaking right. uh, Code Veronica. <laughs> I mean, and like, so I need to, like, six is the game I didn't beat the first time. I mm-hmm. started playing Chris's campaign, and like, chapter two, I was just like, you know what? I hate this game. I'm done with it. <laughs> I didn't really like uh, Leon's campaign. Right. <laughs> but I thought it was fine. And then I'm like, oh my god, this game is just going to not shut up about Ada Wong. And it's just going to be horrible, clunky shooter gameplay. And it's like, I hate it so much. And that I was just done with it. Mm hmm. So eight was a treat. Yeah. <laughs> Seven was a treat, and I quite enjoy four. Uh, so yeah, and of course I, I really liked uh, the remake of two. Mm-hmm. Uh, remake of three, I was a little less favorable. Yeah, of, same but, you know. here, Yeah, I know we both weren't uh, too happy about three. Like it was solid, but it just felt like such a uh, underwhelming experience compared to how well they did with Resident Evil Two remake. And I mean, they're two different games, yeah, different yeah. styles. So I understand yeah. what happened there, but yeah. Um. Yeah, Village is good. We were surprised. We were talking about before we started. We were surprised there's no DLC yet. I guess the yeah. multiplayer got pushed yeah. back. Because I mean, you know, I, like, I wouldn't mind. I wouldn't necessarily mind it. I don't mind DLC in a good game. Yeah, no, unless, no not and, at all. I, uh, and, unless it's like what happened with Lost Judgment and, of course, like a dragon. Yeah, yeah. Where they where they tantalize you with it, but I'm like, mm, nice try. Yeah, this is more of season pass stuff. Like, oh, you want the full experience? No, pay for more. You have to pay yeah. more money for it. You know what? That's actually a good segue to talk about this other thing that I really hated. Okay. You played it more than me, actually. Uh, so I've been on record as being a huge Dynasty Warriors fan. Mm-hmm. I mean, those are some of my favorite games in uh, high school. Uh, and I still have a lot of affection for Dynasty Warriors 8 in particular, as well as Samurai Warriors 4. So playing 9 and then playing or Dynasty Warriors 9 and now playing Samurai Warriors 5... I feel like I'm, you know, Don Corleone going, like, look at what they massacred before. <laughs> like, Nine was trying to do something different and right. failed horribly because yes. it was just so lazily designed. And then they... And then this trend that's been continuing, you have unique characters and they don't get unique weapons. Mm-hmm. Which is just... Because they, they kind of did that with Seven and then they fixed it. And then when they did 8, everyone had a unique weapon. They got and, rid of that problem. Yeah, that was the first thing I really noticed when I started unlocking characters. And I was getting excited because it looked like, from a, just an aesthetic perspective, we were getting some really interesting characters. And then yeah. you realize that not only do they have the same weapons, but they have the same stances. Oh my goodness, they have, they have a class system in place without telling you there's a class system. And it's really insufferable because it's like... They do the thing with seven where, 
you know, there's only so many unique weapons, and some of the non-unique weapons at least have different unique moves for the character, but even then not too many. They do that, but there's only 27 characters, and there's I think there's about 10 weapons? Yeah, yeah. It's, it's real minimalist, and it's actually quite infuriating, especially because they greatly cut down on the cast of characters, which, I mean, I understand they were trying to do a reboot with this. Mm-hmm really focus on uh, early Nobunaga, mm-hmm. which was cool, because this is something the games haven't done much. Like, they did it in uh, Kessen. Uh, like, Kessen 3, I still love the hell out of that game. Yep. Uh, we're, I want more of that game. Why can't they do another one of those? Because <laughs> that was really awesome. But they don't even do... They don't even... They don't, it's just... Ah! The gameplay is just disappointing. I don't even know what else to say. It's just like, for all the cool stuff they put into that, the gameplay is phoned in again, and it's just like... And then, inevitably, I haven't checked, but if they haven't done it yet, I'm sure they will, War Weapons will be DLC. Right. And so they're they're shipping an incomplete game and being like, hey, pay full money for this. And what do they do instead? They release Empires again, because of course they do. And even Empires isn't good anymore. (laughs) They've ruined Empires. So, I mean, what the hell, guys? So, I mean, that's up there for my least favorite game of the year. Um, you know, in terms of, like, just passion that got pissed away. Yeah. That's got to be biggest. Uh, do you want to just use this as a segue to talk about the other one? Because you played it more than I did. Well, actually, I have another one. <laughs> oh, I, one I didn't even know was on. Okay, go ahead. Yeah, I, I was actually looking at the list of releases, and I, I completely forgot about this game, and there's a reason why. Um, one game that we were thinking about doing a review, but it was just so plagued with problems when it was first released that we just kept pushing it back, and then we just gave up. Outriders. Right. Yeah, that sucked. Oh, my goodness, man. And I put a lot of time in that game, too. <laughs> Because um, I just wanted to see it end. I really did. Um, but man, that was a mess. Okay, Outriders is a third-person shooter where you have a class system based on your character that you pick has a, a specific superpower. So you got a pyromancer, you have a telekinesis person, you have a uh, uh, a freeze person, and you have a person that can utilize uh, uh, Earth as weaponry. And it sounds like it should be good in this massive multiplayer co-op shooter. And it's not. It just was so mundane. The the abilities that you got were so minimal and so few and far between. And then you only could have two at a time. So you really couldn't utilize even the best ones that you had outside. You couldn't like do a good variety of switching up and seeing like, oh, I have four different special attacks, but I only can use two at a time. Um, and, and the main thing we were talking about when we were first trying to figure out how we were going to, if we were ever going to do a review of it was the fact that there were so many connectivity issues that not only happened in the first few weeks, but it happened for months. Like, I literally gave up on some of the goals that I had for, like, trying to just do something like kill X amount of enemies that seemed like it'd be so much easier than it was. And then to top it off, we had the end game where you had the story... That, of course, has an open ending for a potential sequel that will definitely never happen or DLC that shouldn't happen. And um, then you have just pretty much horde mode followed by a timed horde mode that 
pretty much disrupts the whole system that you're playing because they want you to have like the strongest weapons possible but that really goes against the entire premise of what the game does before you get to that mode yeah it was a mess it's a certainly a mess I could not believe because there was so much hype behind it I think that's one of the biggest things about it because there was a lot of hype behind this game and it just was a mess and actually not until I looked at the calendar of releases that I even remember that it came out this year. Or last year. Yeah, I completely forgot about this Yes. <laughs> I, the, it, I, I remember there was hype. I remember people were disappointed. Yep. And then we just moved on. And then just everyone moved on. Yep. Uh, speaking of disappointing hype, uh, let's keep the disappointment train rolling. Right. Actually, I'm going to talk about... I'm going to talk about one... I'm going to leave the other one because you know what... Let, let me just set it up. You know you're going to talk about the GTA trilogy, Oh, right? yeah. <laughs> but we're not going to talk about that just yet because I want to talk about something that was hyped <clears throat> and is disappointing, but I'm not going to write it off just yet even though I have not personally partaken in it. Okay. This. So Switch Online, mm. Nintendo Switch Online, they announced the expansion pack. Yes. Um, And there was some hype. Because they promised they would add an N64 emulator as well as a Genesis emulator, which is awesome. Fortunately, uh, these this doubled the price of the online features, and I'm just like, really? For two emulators? Also, you get the Animal Crossing DLC for free, but if you don't play Animal Crossing, I mean, that's useless. Um, and then... You know, one of the other things that they were promising was the fact that Mario Kart 64 in particular, you could play online. Mm-hmm. Hey, guess what wasn't working properly? Because, <laughs> I mean, the 64 um, expansion pack games that they had on there, there's only, like, nine. Right. To start with. And it was a pretty solid collection, though, because, I mean, you had Star Fox, uh, Ocarina of Time... Mario 64, Mario Kart 64, uh, I think Donkey Kong was on there. Mm-hmm. I can't, I, I need, need to get the list, but the one, that, the, there were two that stuck out with me, and one of them, I can't even remember their name. Uh, hang on, I'm just gonna quickly look this up. Expansion. Expansion pack switch, here we go. Okay, let me look at all the games on this list here. All, like, 11 of them. Okay, here we go. <laughs> yeah, there's nine of them. So, it's Super Mario 64, uh, Mario Kart 64, Star Fox 64, Yoshi's Story, mm -hmm. Dr. Mario 64, Mario Tennis, Ocarina of Time, and... Okay, what the hell is this other one called? Does It It doesn't even tell me. Okay, it's like some weird Jap previously Japan-only shooter. Mm. It's like... If, it's like Innocent Sin or something, or... Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. It's such a weird game, and I I started playing it. I had no idea what the hell was going on. I was just like, what is this? I mean, there's a bunch of those on the Super Nintendo mm -hmm. and Nintendo emulators, too, but I'm just like, what in the hell? And then, oh, the probably my biggest nostalgia trip this year, <laughs> because I will not shut up about this stupid game, Winback. Oh! <laughs> Operation Winback. Oh man, the what the game where it's way too easy to accidentally change weapons and then fire off your rare bullets. Because 
You know what I discovered while I was researching this at this game after I was like on a nostalgia trip? What? This is the game that introduced us to Gears of War. Really? This is the game that pioneered cover-based shooting. Wow. Right? This was done before Metal Gear. This was done before Gears of War. This was done before, way before Uncharted. All those games. This is the original cover shooter. With a, There may be other more obscure ones out there, possibly. Right. But this is considered the original cover shooter. Wow. And also, it's an Omega Force game, which means Koei mm-hmm. Tecmo made it. <laughs> we were just crapping on them for Samurai Warriors earlier. I'm like, you know, this is actually... I mean... It's still not good. It's hilarious how much the plot, like... Because the game... It's funny that, you know, after, um... In, you know, the Metal Gear games would end up having cover mechanics and everything, too. Because it's like... Winback, if you watch the cutscenes, desperately wants to be a Metal Gear game. Right. But, like, they cut out all the awkward, overly long dialogue to just replace it with quippy, short dialogue stretches. No long conversations about nuclear treaties and... Sad, sad, um, operatic tones as they talk about what it means to be a soldier. <laughs> None of that. <laughs> no, they just need to stop some terrorists. Uh, but it's. I had a lot of fun, fun replaying that game over the course of the extra life this year. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and so I am glad they included that at least. I'm still not happy with the price for the, the Switch expansion pack. But of course, I think I joked with about this with you and several other people. Maybe I'll get it if they add if they uh, include Hybrid Heaven in the future. Yeah. <laughs> I can't remember if I talked about this game before on the podcast, so let me just pitch it to you real quick. RPG wrestling meets X Files. Mm-hmm. That's probably the easiest way to describe this because it's a very much an uh, late nineties, early two thousands conspiracy thriller. Not unlike Deus Ex, although Deus Ex is definitely better written. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but, you know, kind of in that same, you know, X-Files-inspired vein. That's probably the biggest influence, anyway. I'm sure there's others you could say, especially with, like, the cyber and the aliens and the, you know. But, um, yeah. So I really hope they bring that in the future. Anyway, happiness is gone now. Uh, do you want to talk about GTA? Oh, man. I'm it... sorry, I'm putting words in your mouth. No, 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 no. That's, that's perfectly fine. Like, so we're going to get to it. We we're going to get to it. And and I will say this. I am thankful. Two things. One, I forgot it was even coming out when it was coming out. Because it came out uh, like the middle of November on digital before the disc version came out. So I forgot about it. And um, then it was like the week that it was coming out. I was like, oh, yeah, it's supposed to come out. But yeah, let me just wait. I, I don't feel like spending 60 bucks on this. And uh, Christmas time, I mean Black Friday's getting ready. I can save my money up and all that. So let me just let me just wait until the disc version comes out and I get it then. Then the reviews hit. <laughs> yep. Oh man, the yep. backlash. We don't have to recap it. You just look it up. It's it's not that hard to find. And I was like, oh, thank you. I'm so happy that I waited for this because if I would have spent my money on this, I'd be pissed off. So then the uh, so I just waited for Gamefly to send me a disc version, and um, thankfully, like they actually have on the disc version, not the 1.0 version that was so crappy, but actually the up the up to that point almost like the most re- recent update. I had to do an update for everyone for all three games, and uh, they were like really small update files, like 400, 900, like a gig, really small files. 
And thankfully, I will say this, playing it right now, I have not had a, gr a gratuitous amount of problems. There have been some iffy moments. Specifically, uh, Vice City is actually the worst of the three so far. Interesting. Yeah, um, I've had multiple crashes on Vice City. Uh, three was perfect. I had no real problems with three at all. And and three was a great reminder. I forgot, as, as bare bones as that is compared to Vice City and San Andreas, I forgot just how much genuine fun I had just driving around Liberty City and just acting a fool. Like, I really felt like this was 2001 all over again. I had a really good time. But, um, yeah, 3, pretty much not that much of, of a problem uh, with the lock-on lock system and the weapon wheel. It made it a lot easier to play compared to the original. Like, it just feels, it's funny, like, playing it now. I was thinking back, like, man, those missions were a lot harder back then because of how crappy the gun the uh, the gunplay was. Uh, no, this lock-on system makes it a lot easier, but they can still wipe you out pretty easily if you get into a firefight. But like I said, Vice City, um, that was the one. Like, you... Once you get past the first island, that's when the game starts really having some problems. It crashed several times. The The one that really got me upset was uh, doing Vigilante. And for those who don't know, you have to get to level 12 of Vigilante and complete that to add to the 100% uh, completion in total. I got to level 11, and the game crashed. Hmm... I was just like, of all the times, you have been, at that point, it was like, you've been so good to me, and all the times, it was like, this is when you started, like, screwing up, and it really started screwing up pretty bad then, but thankfully, I got through that, like, the biggest problem I had with Vice, I mean, with uh, San Andreas thus far, is the hilarity of the objects just propelling themselves, like, street lights going 50 feet after you hit them. Bumpers staying locked in the middle of the, the, the road before just vanishing. Like, it's so many graphical glitches I've encountered in San Andreas. But in terms of game-breaking bugs, I haven't had that many. I haven't had any in San Andreas. Um, no, I, like, the backlash and the negativity that they originally got was definitely warranted because I can understand why People felt the way they did about it. I just thankfully got it at a later date. But there's still definitely some obvious issues. Things that shouldn't exist. And um, it's a shame because they didn't have to work that hard to fix a lot of this stuff. Like, they just really need to... It, even with that being stated, some of the stuff still looks butt ugly. Especially with the lighting. San Andreas does not do... The lighting system in San Andreas does not do the characters any favor. Especially when they're outside. Like, there are just these blackout moments that you can barely see people. Like, just really bad lighting. I don't know what they were thinking with that. Well, that's unfortunate. Yeah, but, um, no, no, it's it's not as bad as it was day one, but it still feels like, oh, you really rushed this out for that 20th anniversary. Yeah, well, I mean, it's the same company. I think it's the same company that did the 13 remake. Yeah, oh, my God. And, and that was the thing, like, I think... I hold the uh, mobile port, um, the mobile port of GTA uh, uh, 3, I mean GTA uh, San Andreas that they put out like on Xbox 360 and everything, like I have that at like a high standard of just disappointment in terms of like the, the low standard of what they did, and then 13 came out. <laughs> yeah. I was like, oh, this is, just... the, this is the benchmark now. Yeah. 
Yep. Uh, I guess that counts as talking about 13. Yeah. They, they ruined everything interesting about 13. <laughs> But, um, because the whole thing is, I think it was the same company. If not, it was, like, the same idea. They used the same, you know, graphical up-res or whatever. But the problem is, like, in particular with 13, they didn't have the source code. Right, yeah, yeah. All they have is the audio. Yeah. So let's, like, let's G- remake it. Let's remake it to the best of our abilities. Yeah, because, like, GTA, they, they had the source code. The problem is they still didn't really put a lot of effort in Right. And I think the companies didn't really have anyone with any real computer experience in this type of stuff at all. No, 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 not at all. No. So, like, the, the, you could argue. I think if it's, I think if it's the same one, you could probably argue they committed fraud. Yeah, they really did. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, I mean, like with thirteen, the worst part about it, they were coming in with the promise of it being just a remaster, mm. and then they transformed it to a remake because they had nothing they had to work with. They didn't have the source code. Yeah, it's just it's just a damn shame. It really is, yeah. As if, as if for, in terms of the GTA trilogy, uh, this could have been so much more. It could have been so much better in terms of being heralded as a, as a great uh, uh, remaster. But they just dropped the ball so bad at the beginning. And now it's one of those things that I, I know what the way it is right now, whatever you have right now, that's pretty much it. I, I know they're not going to patch, do any more updates. They're not going to try to fix any more problems, thankfully. I haven't encountered any big problems, but I know there's probably something lurking that I'm fearful of. <laughs> they probably will break the game. But um, I made it through three. I made it through Vice City. Like I said, Vice City was the roughest. Working on San Andreas now, and um, I'm just hoping for the best because like that's the one I got the most fear of because there's so much that could happen with that one. That's fair. Let's talk about something good, shall we? All right. Although this game still had glitches, even when I played it, because uh, I finally played Guardians of the Galaxy. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Now, this is one of those ones that reminds me of Psychonauts 2, where the combat is solid. There are some finicky things about it, but, man, do I love the characters in the story. Yeah. No, because the gameplay is, is fine. I think one of the biggest ones is how low damage St- Star-Lord's guns are. Oh, my goodness. His, his blasters are just, they do nothing. And there's no damage upgrade you unlock later on. No. There's just the elemental stuff. No, no. Which is, I guess it was a balanced thing, but like it felt like they overcompensated. Yeah. And the yeah the actual like target lock shooting mechanics were a bit rough. Um, because like you know we've seen what this is like when it's good. We played Uncharted. Exactly. This yeah. game this game feels like a slightly clunkier Uncharted, mm-hmm. uh, matched with a few other games because there's definitely telltale elements uh, with how the divergent story goes. Although it's not super divergent. Yeah. Again, much like Telltale. <laughs> um, and they did a good job combining the comic lore with the uh, uh, the movie, The what you would expect if you've only seen the movies. If you've only seen the movies, like the, the characters are not really rooted in the, the, uh, in the movie, in the theatrical MCU. But they had those elements about them that makes you feel like if you only watch the Guardians of the Galaxy movies that you can recognize and understand their, their character traits without sacrificing the actual uh, source material that they're working with. Yeah. it's No, they did a good job with it all. Um, did n- nice job integrating some of the char- characters. Mm-hmm. Um, especially, I still don't want to spoil the character who shows up later on. <laughs> Um, because I don't, if, even if I say their name, some people might Google it and yeah. they'll just spoil themselves. Yeah, yeah. You know, you know exactly who I'm talking yeah. about. Yeah. Yeah. And there's a few things I thought were, mm, I don't know. 
few features I thought were cool, a few others where I was like, eh, I didn't need this. But, especially because it feels like they were trying to do more with the money system, and then it didn't really matter. Yeah, it didn't matter at all, yeah. Yeah, that, that was a big plot point, and um, it didn't matter, yeah. Yeah. But, um, yeah, it did like the storyline for sure, mm-hmm. in general. And I thought the writing in general was a lot of fun. But you could really tell, especially near the end, that they just, like, man, the the victory lap is so awkward. Yeah! I didn't. I didn't watch that before I had a chance to talk about this game the yes. first time. So I, I had no idea how clunky some of the game was going to be. It feels like they were going along great, and then after Avengers dropped and was hated, they pulled some budget or something from it. Yeah, they may have. Yeah. Oh yeah. Like that's my weird conspiracy theory on this because it's a shame if that's what happened. Because if you compare the beginning, uh, pretty much until you get to about the six or seven chapter. There is a level of shine and polish to it that a majority of the rest of the game doesn't have. Yeah. That's true. Yeah, like, later on, it, it just feels kind of clicky. And, like, some of the special abilities get unlocked very late in the game. Yeah, I was, when we were talking about the... When we did the review of that, and I explained, like, the, the pyro uh, elemental gets unlocked ridiculously late in the game. And I get why, like, it does in terms of, like, the story and the element that they do it in, but it just feels like, man, y'all waited way too late for it to anybody to really enjoy it. That's true. Uh, but what can you do? No, no, but I will say definitely a big, good surprise this year for... Um... Oh, yeah. It's the, it, it won't make anyone's top ten. I don't, yeah, well, okay. I don't think... Maybe, maybe top ten, maybe top ten. But, like, it would be a solid nine or ten. Yeah, exactly, say. yeah. But I had a lot of fun playing it, and I'm glad I got three copies of it for Christmas. <laughs> um, do you want to talk about Far Cry Six some more? Not really. I don't know if. Well, <laughs> that sums it up, really. And, and you know what? Honestly, I would if I played the DLC, but I had no interest in playing the DLC. Well, here's here's the one. I'm, you know, I'm going to spend the segment, I, the the time I had set aside for Far Cry Six to talk about another podcast because. Uh, Fuckface, uh-huh. a major a major subplot they have on that podcast is um, the one guy discovered the Danny Trejo DLC uh-huh. and shot him in the head by mistake. <laughs> and no, it gets better, James. It gets better. And he felt bad about this, so he picked up his dead body and started carrying him everywhere. Wow! So it became the, tra- so it became the traveling Trejo. Wow! So if I ever play six properly and. Um, Get the Trejo DLC. I'm gonna recreate the. You recreate that? Oh man! <laughs> Which is also hilarious because that came out, and then, hey, guess who showed up in freaking Book of Boba Fett? I know. <laughs> yeah, so that's that's the addition to Far Cry Six. There's Danny Trejo DLC, yes. which, and you can kill him and then carry him around with you on your own as you have an adventure. That's that's real grim. That is. That's great. I'm, gonna, I'm not going to lie. I just love the fact that he called it Traveling Trail. Yes. That, that's become stuck in my head. Um, I'm still got a couple more games to talk about. Uh, we wanna, I wanted to shout out Persona 5 Strikers. Yes. Uh, for a while, this is my game of the year. Yeah. Because, again, we're talking about Koei. This is definitely their game of the year. Yeah. Oh, very much so. Yes. Uh, yeah, because good lord, because they actually put some care and effort into this. Yeah. Um, 
and so it was quite good. It's still, it was still frustrating. A bunch of the characters didn't show up, even as cameos. Mm, yeah, yeah. Uh, it's hard to escape that, especially with Royal that ca- having come out. Mm-hmm. It does feel a little frustrating because Yumi's not in it. Um, and um, or even y- you didn't need the professor, but Kazumi being in it would have been nice. Yeah, would have been at least have a cameo, you know. And ditto being able to better integrate your your romance choices because it's such a big part of the games. Mm-hmm. I mean, you could pretend it's not, but when they release a freaking Valentine's Day OVA, yeah. <laughs> don't tell me it's not important. <laughs> uh, the waifu wars rage on. Yes, we've lost many people to that. <laughs> But I did want to I did want to emphasize again that they did such a good job in translating a game to another medium, while still maintaining the spirit of the original. Yes. Introducing new characters that were shockingly well written. Yes. And while the game probably lacked a bit of a mystery, like was like, oh, who's the true master? I'm like, well, it's probably that character. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, it's one of those games where that happens. Um, I mean, that was one of the cool things about Five. It's like. Well, surely we've defeated the ultimate villain. Wait, there's a secret villain, and you genuinely don't know who it no, is. No, no, you, you get like these little teases throughout the story as it progresses, and you know there are people that are working that have knowledge of what's going on, but you don't know exactly who is the actual real main villain. Yeah, it's like that was actually quite interesting. Uh but yeah, in this case, like, despite that, I mean, it's a very good game, mm-hmm. and it's currently free on PlayStation Plus yes. until the end of the month. Yep. Um, so this episode, we're recording this on the 24th, it comes out on the 28th. Yeah. Still got time. Uh, you've got until Tuesday. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> if you haven't done it already, you have until Tuesday, and I guarantee you will not regret it. No. You, you do need to know what happened in 5. Yeah. <laughs> you don't need to know what happened in Royal. Yeah, exactly. You, you yeah, yeah. Because I think 5 is also free for PS5 owners, and hopefully a lot of people now have them. Yeah, there's no reason And better. Why. Yeah. Um, yeah, no, it's fantastic. Great little action RPG, and I really... I, I'm a little sad that we have to leave Persona 5 behind, but I'm worried they're going to just... Because they've lost their powers how many times now? Oh my goodness, it's ridiculous. That the, They've they've lost it once, twice... That was the third, third time. time. Yep, third time, yep. And I, I don't even know the plot of the dancing game, so I don't know if they get their powers <laughs> back for that or not. <laughs> but it's... Yeah, and I don't think that's how it works in the Q2 or whatever it is, yeah. but um, uh, yeah, it's hopefully we get a, some word on Persona 6 or something this year. There's a couple of games I was um, intrigued that they were talking about, because apparently we're supposed to get a new Fire Emblem this year. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Which, hey, guess what I played and then beat for the sixth time the other day. <laughs> I still go back to that well, man. Hey, I don't blame you, no. It's a fun game. It really is. Uh, I, I don't know what it is. I just love Fire Emblem so damn much. I think I, there was somebody asked me, asked in general on Twitter, what franchise you would love to sink your teeth into, and that was one of the ones I mentioned. Oh, right. Yeah, because, I mean, I would love to do a follow game. I'd love to do a Final Fantasy game. I would love to do a Fire Emblem mm-hmm. game. And I'd love to do a Front Mission game. Mm. Like, those are probably the big four. So two Square Enix series, a Nintendo series... And uh, Bethesda, yeah. but I mean, we'll see how that goes. Um, I have one more random thing to talk about. Okay. We are kind of 
did you have any of the games you wanted to bring up? Yeah, well, one, I, I just a smaller game and and just one that I I forgot about that came out last year, but I did enjoy a lot for a short period of time. It didn't have that much to keep you going if you don't really have like local play. It didn't have online uh, functionality, so that was a little bit disappointing. But um, hopefully, maybe they might bump it up in twenty twenty two and make it even better. Retromania Wrestling. Oh right. That came I remember out. You, te- you told me about this before. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, very small indie studio that made this, and they got a lot of actual names connected to it, including like the Road Warriors, uh, Matt Cardona, uh, uh, Brian Myers, uh, Blue Meanie, like people like that. And it's a solid like ode to the old school WWF arcade wrestling game. So nice. it's like the mid-90s. If you grew up in the mid-90s and played wrestling games back then, this is like just that perfect blend of new school and old school. And then to top it off, they have a couple of good matches, like especially matches like cage matches, of course, tag team matches, six-man tags, hardcore matches. Uh, the battle royal can get a little hectic because of the, the targeting system, like a lot of wrestling games, but it's something that you can get used to and, and get over. Um the the thing that I'm always trying to think of a wrestling game that does have guitar. I know. Right. <laughs> um, but like the thing that really stands out even to this day is the arenas. Like they had these, just like the old wrestling games, like special arenas, and not anything that you can create or anything. Just these actual stages. And my favorite one when I first saw it was the Hasbro Arena with the old Hasbro blue ring, like from the early '90s. Like that's my stage. Fantastic. Fantastic. Um, yeah, like I said, really solid wrestling game, really old school game. Doesn't uh it's one of those games easy to pick up and play. You don't have that you don't have to take like a, a lot of effort to really be good at it. And it's a lot of good fun, especially if you have somebody to play with you locally. Which I'm sure somebody does, yeah. hopefully. <laughs> hey, make friends. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I was watching uh a recap of all the Dragon Ball games mm-hmm. a couple weeks ago, and it's like, had you guys ever played this game with friends? <laughs> Crickets. Because, <laughs> like, you know, it's like they were talking about games that were clearly designed to be multiplayer. Yes. Uh, so it's just like, uh, but speaking of friends, there's one game I want to talk about briefly, because I got back into it. Okay. Uh, for... I got a niece and nephew. Um, they're around that age where they're getting into popular franchises. One of their favorites is Pokemon. Okay. Pokemon. Pokemon. Sorry, in tribute to Norm MacDonald, Pokemon. <laughs> uh, so weird seeing that freaking intro to that show again. After he... <laughs> For those who haven't seen it, Norm MacDonald's sitcom had a special Pokemon intro. <laughs> And it, and there was a lot of buzz about it at the time because first of all it was like one of the first like air quotes mainstream appearances of Pokemon, mm-hmm. and also you know instead he's like so weird just having this extended sketch about Poke Pokemon in a show where it's just like oh yeah and then this guy encounters a sex worker and all because like he's a caseworker on the show right. right so it's so weird to have him do this I'm just like ah oh, man. Anyway, but, uh, yeah, Pokemon Go, <laughs> I got back into it. Man, it's uh, still a lot of fun. <laughs> at 
only problem is, man, once you catch all the Pokemon, and you're just like, all right, now, and I'm just, they just keep spawning ones you already have. Yeah. I, I understand why people fall off of it. <laughs> Especially like, uh, let me just call up my quest list right now. Okay, uh, so my special quests. What have I got here? I gotta catch five execute. Oh. Uh, they only come out around Easter these days, at least in my neighborhood. Oh, I have to evolve a Magikarp. <laughs> hey, do you want to know how many candies it takes to evolve a Magikarp? How much? Four hundred. <laughs> so for those who aren't familiar, in Pokemon Go, to get candies, you actually have to catch a Pokemon, which has a, which always gives you three candy, six if you use an item to double the candy, and then if you transfer one to the professor, it becomes seven. So the so the regular maximum yield of catching a single Magikarp is seven. Magikarp don't spawn near me. So to get the candies. <laughs> I have to have a Magikarp be my buddy, and then every kilometer I walk, I get one candy. Oh my god! Yeah, it's gonna take a while. Yeah, I even have a cheat because I had a Pokemon or I had a Magikarp that was uh, corrupted by Team Rocket, so I purified it. So now instead of three uh, four hundred, I need three hundred sixty. Oh. oh wow! Yeah, I know, right? <laughs> Think of the savings, James. <laughs> Uh, and I have to catch six more ghost Pokemon, plus I have to somehow to find the ninth species of ghost, even though only one or two spawn around here. Uh, that's gonna be hard. But at the same time, I'm still, you know, playing, and it's like, yeah, it's still kind of fun. Yeah. And, you know, you don't have to really spend real money. They still haven't bit the bullet and made it so you can buy candy. Mm. If they did that, I guarantee they would be hosing their economy. Yes. So I, I am impressed they've held off on that. There's, and, like, they've also held off on letting you buy um, evolution upgrade items, which I'm a little shocked at, actually, because some of them still haven't spawned. Wow. I've had a Porygon, I've had a Porygon ready to evolve for, like, three four weeks now. I still haven't gotten the, the item you need to do that. Hmm. And it, you just find it randomly in po Pokemon Stops. Or Poke Stops. Yeah, but I'm saying, game's still there. Still fairly fun, <laughs> you know? Still got a pretty dedicated fan base. I saw someone pulled up next to a focus stop in their car clearing it and I'm just like that's hilarious <laughs> because I was just walking down the street you know right. doing, like just just grabbing the focus stops as I, as I went and I saw somebody pull over in the car looking at their phone and then I looked at the gym and I'm like that gym just chained ownership yep. that lady in the car probably did, did it yeah. I'm just like oh man that's great <laughs> uh, so people are still playing Anyway, um, don't know if there's anything else we need to cover. Like I said, there's plenty of games we didn't play this year. Yeah, game. oh yeah. But, and there were quite you know, a we few some... that I really don't care about talking about. <laughs> yeah. I mean, we even breezed over it, but Like a Dragon kind of came out yeah, this year. Yeah, it came out last year. Probably ported to uh, Xbox One and uh, Series X and S. Yeah. Uh, I think uh, Yakuza 6 too did the same thing. Um. Yeah, but I don't care about that. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> That our, game is dead to we, me. We, 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 we had our moment with that. Yeah, I've got opinions on that one. Yeah. <laughs> um, like I, I enjoyed uh my for fighting games, I enjoyed Guilty Gear Strive this year. I didn't put, I mean, I enjoyed it for a little while, but then I, I kind of fell off. Um, I always had that certain games, certain fighting games, like I hit a plateau, and I'm just like, okay, I'm done. Plus, I hated the um, I hated the menu system in terms of online lobbies. It's terrible. 
and then they put out uh, Virtual Fighter 5 Ultimate Showdown, the port of the final showdown from a few years ago that's solid because it's a Virtual Fighter game, but there's nothing else to it. So, unless you like to... Well, what are you talking about? It's in Lost Judgment. It, oh, yeah. Well, this is the, that's that's the uh, that's the the original. What they ported it to, like this one, they have online functionality. Yeah, yeah I know. And, uh, just, and, and, I find it funny that they just put Virtual Fighter Five I, in the game. I know. I, I mean, they could fit a whole Virtual Fighter game. <laughs> Another game now is amazing. Oh man, oh something else. Uh, I'm trying to go through the list here. Uh, we had, like I said, a lot of remasters and remakes this year. Um, Yep. Like I said, Shin Megami Tensei came at two of those this year. I'm, yep. I'm mad that five only came up for Switch, though. Mm, that's fair. Yeah. Um, oh, oh, Neo, The World Ends With You. That was actually a sequel to that to a Neo game that came out, I think, in like 2007. And that was solid. Mm. But, of course, they blamed, Square Enix blamed uh, uh, the developers. They, they, they pretty much said that the game was a flop because of their lack of marketing. So there you go. Yeah, that makes sense. <laughs> Don't blame Mark. I completely blame forgot it came out. Blame the customer. Yeah. No, but oh, oh, a little um, oh crap! How to forget about um one of the best parts of part of the best DLC of the year, Iki Island, for Ghost of Tsushima. Oh yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, we and, just put on Integrate. Oh my goodness! How did I forget about that? It was like back to back. Two, yeah. two great pieces of yeah, DLC. Those, yeah, both games were very good. Yeah, they were, and their DLCs were very good too. Yes, yes. Please give me. F- I think the only I think the only problem I had with it was how Yuffie's plotline is gonna integrate. Oh, God, I, I don't know what they're gonna do. <laughs> I, I have yeah. so many assumptions and theories, and I still don't actually have a good idea what they're gonna really do. Guess we'll find out. Yeah, uh, in twenty twenty five. Yep. When PlayStation 5s are finally available worldwide. <laughs> yeah. It'll happen. All right, I think that'll wrap it up for this oh, one, yeah. though. Yeah. So, so, uh, I think it's always. I, no, I, I'll just say this. Uh, a lot better year that I think people are giving it credit for for, for uh, 2021 in terms of video games. Mm. No, there was definitely a few pretty big games that were a lot of fun. And we even talk about, like, Skyward Sword HD. Yeah. I mean, I just. Yeah. I just haven't had the interest because I just never liked that game. I've, I've, it looks like it improved a lot of the problems I had mm-hmm. with the original, so I'll probably give it a fair shake someday, uh, possibly in a Let's Play series. That's been something that's been discussed, yeah. but uh, we'll see what happens. Uh, yeah, and just like that's just off the top of my head. I'm sure there's others I'm mm-hmm. not even thinking about. I just was really disappointed with the Zelda anniversary in general. Uh, yeah, I completely agree with that, yeah. I think they were hoping to have... Breath of the Wild 2 out this year, and then it didn't end up happening. Yeah, I think, yeah, with COVID and everything else, I think it might push production back a lot. Yeah, because they hinted that was also coming out this year. Yeah. Because it sounds like we're getting another Fire Emblem, and we're getting another Zelda Mm -hmm. this year. Which I'm down with, because I love those franchises. Mm -hmm. Um, And I think that'll about do it. Yeah, yeah, I think so. Unless you got something else you want to talk about. No, that's all I got in the docket. All right. Well, that'll wrap up episode 120 of Pop Tower Pod- er, Podcast, er, and it's been uh, a lot of pip pip pip. Thank you as always for being here. Oh, James. always my pleasure, man. And uh, next episode, we will get into it. We will talk about the best movies yes. of 2020, 
one or and you know we'll get into probably some of the artier movies we would never normally talk I about know. on the show. There's a couple I do want to talk about I thought were really good. Yeah, there was definitely but I, all. I, but I think my movie of the year is probably the one we've already talked about. Okay, okay, yeah, yeah. So that makes life a little easier this time. Yeah, there's a couple movies I thought about. I was like, oh, we did not get a chance to talk about those I actually really am excited about talking about. Yeah, we may have to integrate a couple movies we haven't had a chance to talk oh, about. Oh, yeah, yeah. Anyway, uh, until next time, folks, take care. Uh, you know, just remember, take cover behind chest high walls. Chest high walls are your friend. <laughs> just make sure they're not empty cardboard boxes. That could end in disaster. Yeah. Introducing Venture X, Capital One's new travel card for people always asking, Where next? You earn 10x miles on hotels and rental cars, and 5x miles on flights booked through Capital One Travel, and 2x miles on everything else you buy with Venture X. Plus, receive premium travel benefits like access to over 1,300 airport lounges. The Venture X card from Capital One. What's in your wallet? Terms apply. See CapitalOne.com for details. Let's go. Showtime is the place to be, and I'm glad you're here because you family. Sit back and relax and enjoy the show. No place, no topic that they won't go. Uh-uh. They tell the truth, lace with the pins. If you dreams of the thought, then it's something they can mention. Make you laugh, make you cry. Have you looking at your friends like, tell me why? How could he, what did she, did they say that? Did they say that? OMG, I can't breathe, please play that back. Play that back. Put the kids to bed, cause it might get raunchy. We'd like to welcome y'all to our private party. I think it's safe to say, these amigos tight speedos got them yelling. Okay, I told the world they done messed up now. We done took the cap off, ain't no holding them down. Sit back, relax, it's time to start the show. No place, no topic that they won't dare to go. Sit back, relax, it's time to start the show. You know it's showtime, that means it's go time. Showtime is the place to be. Showtime is the place to be. Eddie P. Showtime is the place to be. Showtime is the place to be. AC. Showtime is the place to be. Showtime is the place to be. All three. Showtime is the place to be. These amigos tied to speedos got them yelling. Ooh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, yes, we back. We back. We back. Oh yeah, I'm Tony. E SJ. And you're listening to Ooh They Funny Live, local, national, global. And ladies and gentlemen, we have an old member here. OG, OG in the game. Went from went from the sports show. Were you there when we turned to a variety show? Or were you no, it was cap shows. So okay, cap sports. Yeah. Yep, yeah, so sure. we got our boy Gerardi in the building. What's good, my guy? What's good, man? Appreciate y'all for having me, man. Hey. It's good to be back. It's good to be bike. Bike. <laughs> so if this is your first time tuning in, go ahead, hit that like or subscribe button so you're always in the know when we go. And today's show, man, we got a lot of stuff to get into. We're going to talk about why I don't fuck with baseball. We're going to talk about who was your Debo. We're going to talk about is it ever too late to apologize? Professional pillow fighting. We got emails. We got so much more. But before we get to any of that, y'all know what time it is, so let's get to it. And now... 
It's time for... Things we're not gonna talk about. This message is brought to you by Lucille's over there off of Main and Broad. As always, big ups to Lucille's over there off of Main and Broad. Uh, February's coming up, y'all. Lucille's, Lucille's got some for you lovebirds out there for those people who celebrate what is it called? Galentine's? When it, the, the bitter women that celebrate Galentine's. This, they made us some holiday where... I hope they don't sell that cheap wine that they had last year, though. I want some bougie wine. Well, I mean, they stepped their game up. I did buy some But they, they do sell the cheap wine on Galentine's Day. If you don't know what that is, Google it. It's, it's, it's a bitter woman holiday. I don't know why you celebrate... <laughs> Whatever, whatever. I'm going to let it be. I'm going to let it be. Uh, let it be sad. First thing we're not going to talk about, Mamba Forever is trending uh, on the two-year anniversary of the tragic death of Kobe Bryant, R.I.P. Uh, Kobe Jelly Bean Bryant. Uh, nothing we're not going to talk about. Big Poppy David Ortiz got inducted to the Hall of Fame. Shout out to Big Poppy. Another thing we're not going to talk about, Dare says the show Euphoria is glamorizing drug use amongst teens. Why your teen is watching that show? If you letting your teen, well, you you really can't show, stop them. You can't show it. Yeah, you can't show it. You gotta show it. I, I will say, I, I mean, I know it was like that in high school. <laughs> we weren't like that. <laughs> That's the thing, like, like, bro. It, I don't think, I think it was it's glamorizing, like that. but it's. I, I also don't know if it's really showing what teen life is, but it could be like that in Ohio, or yeah, you know what I, mean? I, I like, think they're. I think they're making it bigger than it really was. Unless you probably were, you know, in Beverly Hills or somewhere where they had that accent. No, I gave I gave it an episode in a, in three minutes, and I was like, "There's too many dicks in here." I can't. Yeah, it's, a yes! of, it's a lot of white people. That's, yeah. <laughs> That's what I was saying. I was like, "I'm not watching." It's a good show though. If you get past all the, the glizzies, all the glizzies and full I just, male frontal. I was like, "You know what?" That said, when your girl tries to get you to watch, it. I, it's called Before You. I haven't seen it. Yeah, it's got Zendaya. I saw it when I was flipping through. Y'all saved me. Yeah, yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. It's yeah. a lot of those. Chocolate sandwich. So I'm gonna move this back because I think Steven is echoing a little bit. Y'all, let me know if Steven's still echoing or not. Up, y'all, we got two mics. Yeah, we got two mics. Might be a little close, but bring it over here a little bit more. That way, the feedback. Y'all, y'all, let me know how that's going. I'm gonna turn that mic down a little bit. Uh, so, um. Last thing we're not going to talk about, Tom Brady could possibly be thinking about retirement after 20 seasons. Oh, not surprising. Yeah. I think he's going to come back for one more season, but, so but you never know. Not you surprising. never know. So, uh, coming up after the break, why don't fuck with baseball? You're listening to, ooh, they funny. We travel to see what's around the bend and what we're capable of. And now, Capital One's new class of travel card can keep up with you. Introducing Venture X from Capital One. With 10x miles on hotels and rental cars, and 5x miles on flights booked through Capital One Travel, and 2x miles on everything else you buy. Venture X, for those always asking, where next? Capital One, what's in your wallet? Terms apply. See CapitalOne.com for details. We travel to see what's around the bend and what we're capable of. And now Capital One's new class of travel card can keep up with you. Introducing Venture X from Capital One. With 10x miles on hotels and rental cars, and 5x miles on flights booked through Capital One Travel, and 2x miles on everything else you buy. Venture X, for those always asking, where next? Capital One, what's in your wallet? Terms apply. See CapitalOne.com for details. 
And you listening to Ooh They Funny Live Local National Global. Global. Put that thing oh, that's old Just guess. doing a check real quick. Uh Steven still is echoing. So what we gonna do is we gonna mute that mic till we can work that out. And we just gonna go with the OG. Yeah, we're gonna go back to oh hold on. Let me see. I got we another. We could have tested before the show, but we we're busy. We, we got something special coming for y'all on our Who They Funny IG. Slide this over. Hopefully it doesn't. Uh, all right. So y'all let us know if we're still sounding off. We're trying. We're still trying to uh, test out these two mics. We're trying, damn it. We're trying. <laughs> um. What's talking about? Oh yeah. So while Big Poppy got into the Hall of Fame, and it was well deserved. Yes. Two people who really deserved to get in, Barry Bonds and Roger Clemens, were held out on their final chance to get voted in by writers. I said writers. People who didn't play professionally, who had this chip on their shoulder. Now, they like to make you believe that it's because of those two connect- those two's connection with steroids, but then how did Big Poppy get in when he's been connected to steroids and PEDs? Mm. Before I dive deep into this, because I, I might be in the minority here, but how do y'all feel about this? Do you think they should have gotten in? Yeah. 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 Steven got something to say. He's a baseball man around here. No, I mean, I, I would have voted them in um, just because I'm in that era and that generation of, dude, like, excitement. We wanted the home runs. We wanted yeah. the strikeouts, <laughs> things of that nature. But um, – the only thing that David Ortiz was connected to was the 03 report, and that was he took something. It never said that he took steroids. Never said that we don't was, know if he took a banned substance. Yes. Yes. yes, his yes. trainer oh, yes. was the head HG. of the steroids. Okay. I, thought, I thought it was like he never actually got yeah, yeah, yeah. tested. No, no, no. They got, his, tested no they got his DNA on the syringes, and his head got like two times bigger. Yeah, he so. took like HGH though, right? Yeah, he took HGH. And well, okay, so he they officially know for sure he took HGH. Yeah, his trainer is. Connected with Belco, which Belco was yeah. steroids. Oh, right. Belco, that was huge in the early 2000s. Exactly. Yeah. So like Tim Montgomery and uh, Marion Jones. All yeah. Exactly. Them. They all went down. Mm-hmm. He's connected with it, so I understand why. You know, the fact that he was, I mean. I guess my thing is, besides Ken Griffey, because that's the only person I, and maybe Derek Jeter. Those are the only, yeah, maybe. Those are the only two I believe that did not take anything. But the thing is. Like I just assumed everybody in that era did. So even if you didn't count, so why are we punishing people when everybody's doing? It's not an unfair advantage if everybody's doing it, right? So, agreed, agreed. And you know the thing is, is that these writers are always all about the stupid, the ethics of it. But again, from ninety five, I believe it was ninety four, ninety five, with Jose Canseco. Started all this crap. Jose Canseco just snitching because he finished. You know, (laughs) when he started doing all this steroids, admitting all this, so when these writers, they, I mean, and the thing that pisses me off is that we didn't find out about this until 2003, 2004, and then Jose Canseco decided to write a a book. Had they never even brought any of this up, guaranteed they would have been first ballot Hall of Famers. So this is like, why do y'all care that much? And like you said, you're writers, bro. Yeah, dude, you're a writer. The game. Yeah. There's, I think there's like maybe three voters that are actually were former athletes. Yeah. Fuck out of here with that shit. So I think we all agree that they should be in it. They, yeah, they should be in it. And my, this, my other problem with baseball is because there's, like somebody said, I can't remember who it was. They said it's a traditionalist sport. Yeah. 
And that's his problem. It won't move with the times. No. Yeah. That's why they keep losing engagement. Yeah. Yeah. And it's not America's past. It's not. Yeah, it it's it's past its time. Years, bro. Right. It's boring. I know we're boring y'all with the shit, but I just wanted to I just wanted to say I think it's so messed up how these two are not in. And I think they said there's a, a back way that they can get in. This Sunday they actually have like a private boat for something yeah. to where they can get in. Um, I don't know if y'all saw it. A-Rod, he only had 36% of the votes. He ain't getting in. Yeah. I can guarantee he's not getting in. You, I mean, you straight up lied twice. That's See, that's I, with, if they don't let A-Rod in, I understand that. Yeah. You straight up lied, bro. Like, at least they... I think that's like, why he hopped into the media, though. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and then I, I feel like with uh, Bonds and Clem, or, yeah, Clemens, it's like, you just played the fifth. You're like, ah, I played the fifth. Played the fifth. Well, Roger Clemens kind of lied. He said he miss. What did he say? He misremembered. Yeah, misremembered yeah. what happened in the training room or whatever. But it's like, other than that, I mean, he, and I'm sorry to be fair. Not, Roger Clemens was on. Wasn't he getting pro, like with Congress? Wasn't that Congress yeah. that was questioning yeah. him? So he lied under oath. Like it, it got to that big of a thing. Sports. Like this dude being on steroids got all the way to Congress. And he had to do a deposition and all that. Like that drug that on for a long. Time. So long. You remember, like when we were young, you couldn't yeah. turn ESPN on without seeing the trial. I saw it because it was him in court talking, oh, yeah. and crying and shit. I'm right, like, right. And it was I'm like, bored with this. Quick question, Steve. I don't know shit about baseball. I probably only know like ten players, but and they all played in the nineties and two thousand. It's, <laughs> it's only about two nineties players. Are Sammy Sosa and Mark McGuire? Are they in the Hall of Fame? Nope, nope, nope. Cool. Because it's steroids. But I ain't tripping it. Because they were, then I'd be like, that's some bullshit. Man, they're the only reason I watched it. Yeah, that, they were the they, reason why the game, get, game grew in popularity. Yeah, exactly. So let them steroid heads in the Hall of Fame. Because you still yeah. have to hit the ball. Like, yeah. I don't care what kind of steroids yeah. you take. Baseball isn't just straight fastballs like a yeah. batting cage. Yeah. There's, there's curveballs, change-ups, mm-hmm. sliders. So there's still a talent yeah, cause to it. Because it. it's not just strength. Like I'm, I'm pretty sure I'm probably stronger than 95% exactly. of baseball players. I can't hit a home run like that. It's for recovery because they play so many yeah. games. So, I mean, regulate it. Let these guys yeah. in. Now let them smoke. 86 games or some shit? Nah, 100. Yeah, 100 and something. 180 something games. It, it's terrible, man. But that's why I mess with baseball. And I know we bored y'all. I just wanted to make a point that this is why I fuck with baseball. <laughs> uh, coming up after the break, who is your Debo? You're listening to, ooh, they funny. Introducing Venture X, Capital One's new travel card for people always asking, Where next? You earn 10x miles on hotels and rental cars, and 5x miles on flights booked through Capital One Travel, and 2x miles on everything else you buy with Venture X. Plus, receive premium travel benefits like access to over 1,300 airport lounges. The Venture X card from Capital One. What's in your wallet? Terms apply. See CapitalOne.com for details. Streaming on Peacock. It's the girls' trip of a lifetime. Look at this water. We're going to give them something to talk about. Seven iconic housewives from four different cities. Oh, my God, a stingray. Vacation at Turks and Caicos. It's the party now. And there's no party like a housewives party. I don't give a f- You're not a girl's girl. Why would you say that? Find out what happens when the forecast brings sunshine and a whole lot of shade. You are so self-absorbed. It's crazy. The Real Housewives Ultimate Girls Trip. All episodes streaming now. Only on Peacock. About my business, killing all of you. I'm about my business. I'm, I'm about my business. I'm about my business. I'm, I'm about my business. I'm about my. I'm about my. I'm about my business. Killing all these rappers. You would swear I had a kid list. I'm about my business. I'm, I'm about my business. 
And you're listening to Ooh, They Funny Live, local, national, global. So the Green Bay Packers got punched in the mouth last Saturday. They once again let Brody's sorry-ass team come in and Debo them. (laughs) For those of you who don't know who Debo is or what that phrase means, I recommend you watch the movie Friday. But to Debo someone is to bully them. Did y'all ever have to deal with a bully? And not necessarily someone who beat you up and took your lunch money, but maybe they made your life harder. Maybe they picked on you, called you names, were always trying to embarrass you. Y'all have any stories about a Debo? Not like a real actual bully, but my older cousin Chris, he used to make me and my cousin Brandon fight all the time. And he would tell us if we didn't, he was going to whoop our ass. <laughs> <laughs> so like we would have to be in there scrapping hard as shit, trying not to get beat up by him. But once we went through puberty, he was like, yeah, we can whoop your ass. Yeah. He ain't shit. He's probably so, shorter than both of y'all, isn't he? He's still taller, but he can't. I, I whoop him in ass. Can't whoop me. <laughs> uh, I don't know if I told the story or not, but when I was in kindergarten, uh, my elementary school was like predominantly. It was just me and my boy Dante. Y'all, y'all have had, heard Dante on the show, and uh, every time at recess, all the white kids. It was like this group of white kids. They would just chase me around and, and try to like fight me, and they'd be like, they'd be like, I, I, I guess it's how how I got faster. But every day they'd be like, you're, you're Tony, boy. you're Tony Toast, you're Tony Toast tomorrow. And I would just be like, bro, like what the hell? And like in, in class they'd be all cool and stuff, but then when it came to outside class, they're always trying to uh, pick on me and stuff. And so I remember my grandfather had bought me these black cowboy boots. And this was the very first time I'd ever watched wrestling. The Undertaker was on. And let me let me preface this. The day before, I didn't want to go to school at all. Like, my parents were like, why don't you want to go to school? And I was like, they keep messing with me. And they had to talk with the teacher and everything. And supposedly, that was supposed to stop. It didn't stop it. <laughs> so, that night, I'm watching TV. First time i ever seen wrestling. Undertaker, first time I've ever seen him comes on. He's fighting against Rey Mysterio. I think it was like the Undertaker's very first match. Comes in. Gives him a tombstone, and I was like, I'm going to do that tomorrow. <laughs> Next day at school, I got my black cowboy boots on. They come running after me. I run over by, they, there was like this little area in the back playground. Uh, one of them comes, I jump up and kick him in his mouth, knocked out his two baby teeth. Did you have the spurs on the little boots? <laughs> no, they had no spurs. Boy, so then this Jango. other kid, he comes up, <laughs> and I really just did a tombstone. I, I pick him up, I slam his head into the ground. And so... The way he was crying, I thought he was laughing. I was like, damn, I guess it didn't work. So, <laughs> Get, back up. Again. Get up. <laughs> so he gets up and he's crying, but it sounds like he's laughing. And I was like, yeah. It's like after that, they, they never fought with me again. But I'll never forget you. Tony Toast, Tony. You Tony Toast. I wasn't, I've never, I don't think I've ever been Debo, but I remember in eighth grade, it was myself, homeboy named Cottrell, and Dennis. <laughs> it was us three. And we were called the Blacketeers. <laughs> and I think this is when wrestling was big. Yeah. We go around just slapping people. Like, we had, like, our own little finishing moves. We had the machine gun where we take a... <laughs> we take a backhand. He's like... <laughs> and, like and then we had the... Uh, what we call the palm hand. And we just slapped the shit out of you as hard as we could. And, we, and then we had one more. I can't remember what it was, but... We ended up having this rivalry group. It was like, we just called them white boys. The white boys, <laughs> yeah. the white boys. The white boys and the black And there's this kid named Dallas, a kid named Chris, and just somehow it, something, it got real. And I was like, y'all, 
Yeah. Whole race war. So, uh, okay, okay, okay. It was Black Tears, and then uh, we recruited some other cat. His name was Linworth. And oh, so we were like, well, his nickname was Junior, but I always called him Linworth. I always called him by his name. Yeah. His nickname was Junior. And then it was Junior, Marvin, this African cat named Marvin, and somebody else. And, uh, Myself, Dennis, and Control, we became the Agtown Lunatics, and then we made the secondary people the Blacketeers. <laughs> and so y'all were the Debo's, man. Yeah, yeah, so we just went around harassing the motherfuckers, too. <laughs> like, when I say harassing niggas, we'd be in class like, hey, dog. Wow! <laughs> just slap them, you know? <laughs> 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 be, you know, uh, now, periods, now you, now we were the Shackle for junior high, all right? Yeah. So, oh, during the periods, it was Rest a two-minute break school. to get to boy, class or something? I think like, it was two about or three. two minutes, two, three minutes. We purposely slap somebody, They we take off running, they chase us. Get their ass in trouble. <laughs> it was just like literally harassing motherfuckers, yeah. yo. So yeah, we were the Debo's. So yeah, Steven was a Debo. <laughs> that shit was fun though. Because <laughs> I think yeah, about it. Yeah, used to Debo senior. Uh, oh yeah. Quinn. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Quinn. Well, he tried to Debo us. Tried to. We were in a, was it, what's the first class? Yeah. What class was that? It was some class. Some stupid class. And he, for some reason, we were, it was like mixed with every yeah. grade. Yeah. He was a senior. Was we were like freshmen. That. So he thought we, so it was all sweet over here. He was trying to bully us. He played football with Tony and them. Your name was Clint? No, it was Quentin. Quentin. Oh, Quentin. I'm not going to say his last name. Here. Okay. But he thought he could bully us. <laughs> and, and if we caught this fool, because he would always say slick shit, yeah. trying to hit us in class, we caught him in the hallway in a <laughs> And we started beating the shit. <laughs> like, giving him punches just to the gut. Not yeah. the face. We pinned him up against the locker. <laughs> One teacher walked by and we we, we thought they were gonna stop us and they kept going. Right. Nope. Right. Not my problem. I remember one time we were singing that song by Zero that I hate you. Yeah. 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 <laughs> Bro, his ass was so sensitive. He said, I hate y'all too. Yeah. We were in class, he was he sat across from us and yeah. he kept saying, I hate you. Yeah. <laughs> That was the funniest, man. And then we just took <laughs> off running. The teacher just act like she didn't, she must not have liked Quentin or something. I don't yeah. know. Maybe he took her to class because she literally just walked by and was just like, hey, Quentin. She's like, we, <laughs> we weren't in a horse play. We were really getting work. We were really getting really like, work. That's what we do. Oh, man. I can't believe I just forgot about that. Literally, like I said, it's. Re- um, Remember, was it first period would be athletics or in, 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 in seventh grade? In seventh grade, yeah. we would go around and stone cold stunner people. Oh. Brian Legrand, ask Brian, oh, ask Brian. Oh man, I just <laughs> literally it would be. In, oh, I'm sorry, was, at the very beginning of class before uh, coach would get in there, we'd be uh, just chit chatting, and then I literally turn Brian around. Blink them all. Oh yeah. It doesn't involve me. It was when AC and I were in junior high. We had a friend named Fabian. He used to bully the shit out of this dude named James Gardenhouse. Like it was terrible. And I got a ninth grade story after this for Fabian. Like Fabian had on some steel toes. (laughs) (laughs) He kicked his toe in the nuts. Oh! Like I was like, I like I hazed him a little bit, but it was never that far. Yeah, Fabian would not take it too far. Bro, he was a menace. We were playing. This dude was serious. <laughs> he said, "You gotta tell people you're my bitch." Bro, I said, "You taking it too far?" I started helping him after that. And then we were so nice. He said, "You gotta tell people you're my bitch." It was after football practice. Which Fabian was, was with us, and we were out by the football field. Dude named Matt. I'm not gonna say his last name. We we jumped him and we put him in a trash can. 
God. And then I was like, oh, like, oh, that's good. Fabian had to kick it over. <laughs> and then he dumped the trash on him. And hit us right in the I was like, all right, Fabian, that's enough, bro. So I started walking away. I said, if he gets caught, we all get him. Yeah. He, he took it too far, man. <laughs> so, so basically, all y'all were some damn bull. I'm so, low key, I'm surprised my brother didn't say me. I, I would have figured he would have said. No, I got deep-balled that one time in the... I got pushed in the varsity locker room. Oh, man, that shit was funny. I was a freshman, and a senior pushed me in, and three of the biggest offensive linemen, the biggest dudes in the school, start wailing on me. And the coach comes out and goes, looks at me and goes, why are you in here? I said, fucking pull me in here. He's like, well, just, just get out. Saw them just wailing on me, bro. It was a, it was like a guard, a tackle, and a defensive tackle, bro. And they're just, bow, body shit. <laughs> <laughs> he came out and looked at it, and the coach, this is the coach came out of the office and just like, he gonna look at me. Why are you in here? Like, I just walked in there. Do this to me, like, I just walked in there and started talking shit. And I, I remember everybody was like, man, you ain't gonna help your brother. I said, no. I said, I said, when I got pushed in, I had to, like, they pushed me in my, my freshman year. And so they tried to come up, and I was I was a big, I was probably like two hundred pounds, six one maybe. And so I came in there, so it wasn't like it was a whole bunch of dudes who just had a lot of ego issues. So they came in. I take that back. It was my, yeah, it was my freshman year. So they pushed me in, and they shut the door. And uh, there was a dude on the team named Nick Moore. We're real cool, but he came up to me. He's like, "You fucking freshman." I'm like, "Okay." And uh, like I'm just sitting there, and they got me surrounded. So not like anything. And he's like. You scared? I said, no. I said, but if you touch me, I'm going to punch you. And so uh, he went to like like swing at me, but not like real hard. I caught his uh, wrist and I took him off balance. They wasn't like hard, but I took him off balance and he fell into the locker. They're like, oh, that freshman got hard. That freshman got hard. And they let me out. And so I mop thinking when AC was in there, I was like, Hey, I had to do it. That nigga got it's like a right of passage. Yeah. Like, it's no, your right of passage, one bro. dude. I had three big dudes. I couldn't even see where they were coming from. <laughs> They're like one here. Other, so if, by the time I, I look at him, I'm getting hit in the gut. I turn. Him, <laughs> you get hit the back. I'm getting hit yeah. in the ribs, in the, in the shoulder. I could not see where they were. It was six hands. He's talking. They about, jumping me. He's talking about one linebacker. I'm talking about three linemen. I, but but see, I think everybody else was trying to wait to see if, if like, he knocked me down if they could jump me. Yeah. So I think they had all that that sneak, like, hold your no, hand. No, they, they came from different directions. One came, it was that Jason Hill dude. He oh, hit Jay- me. <laughs> then Jeremy Gomez. And then Shad uh, came out of yeah. nowhere. And they just start wailing on You know all of them, yeah. right? But yeah. my, my actual Debo was my cousin Chris, though. Like, for the longest, I was scared of that dude. But once I went through puberty, and I finally got the slap boxing again. Bro, one of them slaps, I had my hands like this. Uh, yeah, I had he hit with the inside, Socked the bro. shit out there, dude. That's good. when you stood up to him. Made, made you feel amazing. <laughs> We're going to take a break. When we come back, professional pillow fighting. You're listening to, ooh, they funny. Everyone loves shopping online. Well, I'm going to tell you what I tell my golf buddies when they buy clubs. Stop searching for coupon codes. Download Capital One Shopping to your computer. Capital One Shopping instantly searches for available coupon codes and automatically applies them at checkout. Plus, it's free, and you don't even need a Capital One card to use it. That's like hitting a hole in one without even trying. Capital One Shopping. It's kind of genius. What's in your wallet? Savings and available coupons vary. Welcome back, Bayside. Streaming only on Peacock. Can't wait to start junior year. Saved by the Bell is back. This is going to be awesome. 
taking school spirit. Our rivals just destroyed our mascot. We're gonna crush Valley. To the max. If we don't learn from the past, we are doomed to repeat it. That's why we have all these reboots of teen shows from the 90s. Get a new idea, Hollywood. Saved by the Bell. New season streaming now. Let's do this, baby. Only on Peacock. And you listening to Ooh, They Funny Live Local. National. Global. So Eddie sent a video to us where two women were having a hardcore pillow fight. And they were professional pillow fighters. However you get that title, I don't know. But they were. Shit was intense and it got me thinking about what if this was a real thing? As in, and, and not necessarily professional pillow fighting, but what if you could go to like a spot, like a gym. Like you have a membership for <laughs> and go beat the hell out of someone with a pillow. One, would y'all do it? Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Real quick, did y'all ever see that video? It was a couple years ago. It was like these niggas made up like they was about to have a shootout. Yeah. They just tossed pillows at each other. They was just yeah, 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 yeah. That shit was funny. Was well. that RDC world? Or? I don't know. Might have been. So, I, I think we're all in agreement that we would do, do it. So, now I want to set the parameters. Like, how long should a match be? In your mind. A minute and a half, I feel. I feel like you get Some, tired real fast. Yeah, because like, you're just swinging like for the Almost like the so trampoline like, park. You're like, I'll never get tired of that. Then like 40 seconds later, you're like, <laughs> sweating and stuff. Three rounds. Each round is like a minute. Yeah. 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 minute and a half max. Maybe for yeah, like the... up your endurance for a minute. <laughs> yeah. do, do y'all think there should be a weight class? Yes. yes. No, yes. I don't think so. I don't think so. I don't, I don't think there should if, if it's... A pillow. pillow. We all, we both have the same. Nah, pillow. man. Them pillows hurt, too, dog. Them pillows can hurt. But that's why you can move if you're small, and agile. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. Once you connect by George Foreman, <laughs> <laughs> ain't no joke. You got some big six five person that weighs two seventy against some. What kind of pillows are we talking? Because I got a heavy pillow true. in my so, room. So that's that. So, memory foam so that was gonna be my next thing. Okay, was, five pounds, man. Was okay. You got. I feel like you could have like different rooms. So, like, in this room, you have feather pillows. This room, you got the, the foam pillows, the meat. What is it? What do they put in there? Stuffing? The stuffing pillows? Yeah, what, what is it? Is it that, that memory foam pillow is heavy, man. Yeah, see, the memory foams will knock you out. That knocked the guy The sofa? Yeah, those, like the, yeah. the grandma sofa. Yeah. <laughs> like where, where it's like a perfect square, and you man. grab the corner, and yeah. like, yeah, I want to be in that room. There's going to be a no holds barred pillow match. I'm going to get an ottoman. Awesome. <laughs> <laughs> I, I mean, yeah. Oh, he's broken. <laughs> oh, yeah, that would hurt. You hit somebody with that. Pass it around. Yeah, yeah, that hurt. Hey, I, Choose I, your yeah, I got one that's a little bit. Now, oh, now, yeah. picture, oh, Jesus. Picture a big 280. Now go knock somebody out. Picture a 300 pound man hitting a little 100 pound kid. With, like, you ball it up. You're concussion right there. Well, see, in that case, I'd say, okay, if you want to battle, like, you could do a thing called Battle the Giant. And so if it's like two little scrawny niggas go against a three hundred pound six, yeah, foot, I can see that. That would be dope. Yeah, that, they would hear a bunch of clink in my pillows. What is in there? <laughs> so far, <laughs> have a bag of dominoes. A hardcore pillow match. Bunch of locks falling. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> my God, King! My God! Padlocks. Uh, <laughs> exactly with that pillow. So, that's like so I got a I got a real hardcore question to ask y'all here. Who do you think will win the pillow fight, AC or Steven? 
Listen, you got a memory. You got a memory foam pillow. I ain't fucking with you. Y'all got regular pillows. Y'all got the same pillow. I don't know. I've never. I've never. Hey, you gotta. You gotta. You gotta make a pick, bro. You gotta make a pick. Now, is this in the middle of a basketball game? (laughs) No. We 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 went to the to the the pillow fight spot. We all checked in with our membership. (laughs) <laughs> Can I bring my memory phone? Nah, man, nah. you gotta get pillows. <laughs> hey, t- t- I'll, I'll pull that sucker in half. $10 a month. <laughs> y'all, y'all done signed the waiver. In the middle of fitness connection. <laughs> y'all done signed the waiver. Now it's about to be on and popping. Uh, it's gonna, I mean, <laughs> I'd probably be in there laughing like a motherfucker, though, in all honesty. I'm gonna pick my brother. For the simple fact that his arms are longer than yours. See? It's like, that's a reach. <laughs> so He'd probably get that reach. It might, it might come down to a split decision draw. Maybe. I don't know. I've never seen these men pillow fight. <laughs> <laughs> so that's why you speculating, man. I'm going to let him swing. I'm taking the legs and then okay, doing not, something illegal and coming to a leg drop or something. Yeah. pillow, I'd have to connect the first time otherwise. Oh, yeah. Right. <laughs> you got about two you gotta, swings and your if, energy bar is going to be on low. Come up with uppercut. Yeah. Boom! <laughs> I gotta swing that sucker. I like that. I like that. Okay, now, in these pillow fights, is it able to be male versus female? Yeah. Oh, well, I'm telling the shit out of it. The puppies! However. The puppies! However. Actually, you know what? In the the world that we live in, where everybody's equal, it don't matter the pillow. Because originally, I was going to say... She can use a memory phone, and you got to use a feather pillow. Nah. But now, equal rights. I'm going Karen then. No, nah, see, I think it'd have to be something where, like, the woman, like, gets both hands, and you have to use one arm. So, like, you can get tired faster, but she can go. Like, like you can okay. go against okay. your wife. Yeah. Yeah. You know what I mean? Your wife can use both hands yeah. to alternate, but you got one arm. So, you, you get tired they swinging would, that one. They wouldn't get a lot of power with one. With That's what I'm arm. saying. Right. <laughs> she can go straight windmill. Let me hit you. You can I mean, like, you I'm phased, though. You ain't saying you signed the waiver? Oh, yeah. You good. We, Oh, I know who you want to hit. <laughs> <laughs> when he said it's like, hey, I said, I know who you want to hit. It's good beans. You know. Okay. You know. Oh, okay. Uh, we're going to take a break when we come back. <laughs> we got, we got some emails, ladies and gentlemen. You're listening to, ooh, they funny. We travel to see what's around the bend and what we're capable of. And now Capital One's new class of travel card can keep up with you. Introducing Venture X from Capital One. With 10x miles on hotels and rental cars, and 5x miles on flights booked through Capital One Travel, and 2x miles on everything else you buy. Venture X, for those always asking, where next? Capital One, what's in your wallet? Terms apply. See CapitalOne.com for details. Socks are the number one most requested item at homeless shelters. Underwear second, and shirts are third. At Bombas, socks were first, made with comfortable details for everyday wearing. Then underwear and shirts, too, all designed to perfectly fit. At Bombas, every item you purchase means you're donating an essential clothing item to someone in need. One comfortable clothing item for you, one donated to someone in need. Bombas, comfort for all. Get 20% off your purchase at bombas.com comfy. You're listening now. to Ooh, They Funny, Live, Local, National. Global. Global. Oh. 
<laughs> I can see it. <laughs> oh, man. Yes. Here we go. First email was, we got. It was chill. Dap me up at first. <laughs> uh, dating advice. It says, Hi, fellas. I hope all is well. I'm going on a second date tomorrow with a woman much older than me. Our first date was amazing. When I dropped her off, we kissed. Nothing else. I'm not overly flirtatious with her over text because I'm scared of weirding her out. She's so incredibly attractive, man. Yeah. Okay. Man, I really want to get with her if you if you catch my drift, but I value her company much more. Should I make any advances or wait for her to? Last thing I want to do is make her uncomfortable. What do you think? Thanks in advance. So they only been on one date. But they kissed. But they kissed. You going so she's... Life? Yeah, she's interested. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Just don't like pull your dick out. <laughs> <laughs> like go, like go, follow her lead. Like if she's kind of touchy feely, you know, get back. But don't be but, too. Ugh. Yeah, and yeah. and the thing is with older women, older women really know what they want. Yeah, they're very they're correct. Correct. yeah. They're and they're go, they're gonna be aggressive with it. Like yeah, yeah. They will not wait let her lead, but let again. I, I'm sure she knows you're interested because y'all just kissing everything. Yeah. Don't again. I, Again, if you're worried about weirding her out or, or pushing, I mean, you got to read her because we don't know. I mean, we don't have too much details on her. So we don't know how she is. He said much, much older. older. How does he say how old he is? No. Or like in that previous? Because no. if he's like mid twenties and she's like forties or something, then he can. Yeah, yeah, you're here for yeah. a reason, bro. She wants you. Yeah. She probably make the move before you. Oh, yeah, exactly. Honestly. Like that's she probably held off back she, on that first date. Second day, she's probably going to make a move. Yeah. Hey, and just use the massage move. If you don't oh, know yeah. what that is, just yeah. give her a massage. Yeah. For 30 seconds, they go straight to the ass. Yeah. Can. And just say, I only massage get massages if you're naked. Yes. 98%. There you go. Yeah. There I'll, you go. I only get massages if you're naked because your clothes get in the way and then my hands get outside. Yeah. Yeah. I only get full body yeah. nude massages. Yeah. But, she, but joke around saying, but exactly. massages. But you can join me too. Tell her that you're the one that's going to be nude. Go with the massage player. And then if she says she's going to take a shower and say, I wouldn't join. No invite, that type of shit. Exactly. Good Just, yeah. Because, again, y'all going on a second date. I hope it work out for you tomorrow, bro. I hope it does. I mean, I know he said he doesn't like to be overly flirtatious in the text because he doesn't want to weird her out. Yeah. But at the same time, you got to be a little bit more flirtatious. Yeah, yeah. Let, yeah let her know. Yeah. You, you know, know so send, send one of those kind of risky memes, yeah, but risky. not. Send that, send that wink. You know what yeah. I mean? Yeah. Just even if you don't want to, send some kind of flirting. You can never go wrong with memes, though. Memes yeah. are always memes, like a really because you can play it off, right? You memes. can be like, "Ha ha, lol," or yeah. you can be like, yeah. you know, just a, you can yeah, send it, it, yeah. Send it and just put the little devil emoji. Yes, there you thing. go. Leave that little devil emoji. You think the older lady mm-hmm. is like that? Ah, oh, yeah. Yeah, but I think they were it, like it, depends, it depends on how old she is. No, she's 65. I don't know if that'll be the same with a 30 or 40. But you know, those memes have been out for like 10 years. So she, so if she's in her 50s, she would have been in her 40s. Yeah. And 40s yeah, is still... And if she's yeah. messing with a 20-year-old, yeah. obviously she's kind of... Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. You know what I mean? She's more so, open to yeah, it. She, yeah, she know what to do. And, and if anything, just say, well, I'm younger than you, so you better adapt. Hey, let us know what happens on this date because we ain't been getting no feedback. On, we had that on. one time that they gave yeah, us feedback, yeah, yeah, yeah. but yeah, let us know. We, we want, want to know what happened. We want to know if we're giving you good advice, bad advice, if it worked or not. For those of y'all listening, if you have questions, the show 032 at gmail.com. Uh, next question, or not next question, next email. Uh, this is another dating advice. Uh, due to COVID in my country, due to COVID in my country, I'm not gonna see, and I'm not going to see her these days, so I had to text her the... What? 
they're they're from a different country, so I'm trying oh, to okay. trying to yeah. Uh, so I had to text her that I like her and I want to spend some time with her, and I gave her the option that if she didn't want to want to, we can stay friends and colleagues, and I respect her choice. She said it's better for us to stay friends, and you hope my. And I hope my choice doesn't make you feel sad. Did I do something wrong by giving her second options, or she's yep. just not attracted yeah. or interested in me? Both. Yeah, <laughs> both. Save, save some of those then, I'm all. So yeah. basically, oh, yeah. he likes this chick during COVID days, okay. and like foreign foreign. So country. he can't talk to her. He can't really talk to her face to face. He oh, sent her okay. a text, "Yo, I want to kick it with you, but you know, if you're not really feeling me, just let me know, and I respect that." Right. Yada yada. She straight up said, "Nah, let's just be friends." Mm. I hope I ain't make you sad, dog. If you was really digging her, of course it's gonna make you sad. Yeah. Like, why even put yourself in that position? Yeah, like, respect her what she said and just back off. Like, yeah. I wouldn't have even said it. Yeah. I, yeah. If, yeah. You, if you want to pursue the chick, pursue the chick. Exactly. Don't yeah. give her an option. Yeah, because when you get that option, me. especially if they're if they might be talking to someone else, they're gonna be like, uh, yeah. just a friend. Right. Just be outright See, out forth, yeah, like, hey, right. I like you. What are they saying that? Uh, like it, I want you. Yeah, that's, that's, that's what I was thinking. The choice is yours. I was thinking, I was like, I can't remember what he said. But when, when, you get, when you give people options, it's just like if you give give a kid, and I don't know if you have kids or not, but if you give a kid like four options, they're going to be like, oh, I don't know. I don't. Or you give a woman options of where to eat. She's going to be like, I don't know. Just give two, actually in this case, just one give option. one option. And then if she says no, Hit right, the door. Yo, hey, baby, you want to go out? You want to hang out? Oh, no? I bet. Right. Don't talk to yeah. this bitch no more. Sorry. Well, once I you mean, get a free zone, friend yeah. zone, you can pretty much just... You stuck there. Yeah, it's a wrap. Yeah. It's hard, it's hard to get out of the friend yeah. zone, bro. Because the only time they want you out of the friend zone is whenever they've got nothing official. else. Bro, yeah. yeah, You get out of the friend zone when they've been used up. Yeah. Like, yeah. Like, no. I don't know. I disagree because there's been times I've, like, wiggled my way out of the friend zone and been like, I don't think I was supposed to be here. I think right. I kind of put myself here trying to be oh, kind of yeah. like it, he said. It is not, possible. You know, but, it's true, but. But you got to understand, that guy is different from this guy. No, I agree. I agree. Once you gave her an option, like, you, with women, you have to be very direct. You yes. have to, like, if you give them an ant, they're going to take the ant. They want someone who's going to lead. Exactly. But not be bossy. There you go. So. There you go. Um, but, yeah, go. go Holla at another girl, and I don't know how bad it is in your country with COVID. I don't know if y'all are, are able to leave or not. But I let one of her friends. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. I mean, that's, exactly. Holla at one of her friends. Yeah. Women <laughs> want men that are already wanted. So if you holla at her friend, she might realize like, which oh, is, dang. bro, which is weird. I saw a post on Instagram. It was a chick complaining talking about. I'm glad my dude don't have any hoes. I wonder why he don't have any hoes. Because <laughs> she said, "Am I really fighting for a dude that nobody else wants?" I'm like, "Y'all are so fucking confused." Yeah, don't make no so kind of sense. Contradicting that now. So, I'm glad he don't. But why don't you? Yeah, right, what? right. Yeah. She said, "Are you trying? Or are you not trying?" You not trying? And, then, and then we go get some. Why are you? Yeah. <laughs> why are you liking all these pictures? Like, yeah. yeah. Uh, last email we have here is a "Am I an asshole?" Right. Yes. This one was really fucked up. Oh, shit. <laughs> oh, shit. My mom got remarried to her current husband 14 years ago. He's an okay man, but my dad will always and forever be my number one. When they announced to me that a baby was on the way, I freaked out. Told them there, then and there that I don't want to ever be involved in this kid's life. I find it super weird that he's 22 years my junior. I'm old enough to be his damn dad. Why did my mom ever need to have another child at 42? 
That baby fever was strong, apparently. I found the entire thing disgusting, to say the least. The years go by, and when my half-brother was around 10 years old, he started saying how much he wanted to meet me. After a lot of nagging from my mother, I said, whatever, fuck it, all right, I'm going to do it. From our first encounter, he basically clinged on to me. For the past three years, he has constantly tried to make me like and accept him, but I just can't do it. He's a nice person and all, but I still find my mom's actions nasty, so I involuntarily associate him with that. I can't help it. I never wanted a sibling. Yesterday, he was over at my place and kept on asking me to watch a movie with him, which I didn't want to do. I ended up going off on him and told him that I don't want to be his friend and actually want nothing to do with him at all. He immediately immediately started crying and apologizing to me, saying that he doesn't have any friends and gets bullied at school for his introverted nature and that he just doesn't understand why I despise him so much. He said that he's so tired of feeling rejected all the time when all he does is be good to everyone. He said sorry one more time and told me that despite my huge hatred towards him, he still loves me, still loves, admires, and respects me a lot. Then he runs out of the house. He he hasn't reached out to me ever since. Am I asking? Yep. Yes. Yeah. 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 Why would okay. you say it to a kid? So Wait, hold on. Yeah. So I think y'all should answer this shit first. So, <laughs> so he's 22 years older than him. Like, yeah. He said it's been 10 years, so that dude's like my age now. He, yeah. He's yeah. like 32, 33. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. So, yeah, you're a piece of shit. Yeah. You're a huge piece of shit. You're not just an asshole. You're a scumbag. Yeah. That's your little brother. He ain't asked to be here. He's trying to bond with you, and you're making it seem like it's his fault. And what's your issue with your mom moving on, bro? She yeah. deserves to be happy. Right. You're being selfish, bro. Yeah, and, and, and I mean, we can speak, me and my brother can speak from like our own I'm 22 years our old. Our own situation. Mom, bro, yeah. I don't feel nothing like yeah. that. When he was born, I'm, you know. I'm yeah. Yeah. I mean, if it didn't work between your parents, it didn't work. It's yeah. not your fault that it didn't work. You know, it'd be different if, you know, I, I don't know what happened between your parents, but. This is a child, exactly. man. Yeah, yeah, he's, he just and, sat and here and admitted that mature. he's got exactly. he's getting bullied. He's got he's introverted, probably because the way you treated him. Um, and now you just went off on his kid. Who he's what right 13, around 13, 13. 14 now. Yeah, yeah. So now let's think about all these kids' suicidal right. tendencies yeah, now. Right. So what happens? He probably ain't reached out to you because he probably tried to go commit suicide. In all honesty, yes. let's yeah. think about that's the first thing that popped in my head. I'm that's, like, that's oh, junk. Yeah. What you got, Rodney? I don't know. I always try to be aware that everybody has a breaking point, and yeah. I never want to be that the that the cause of somebody to reach their breaking point. Yeah. Um, I also I'm real big on family, bro, and that's your little brother. So you know, uh, again, he didn't ask to be here. I think it's your responsibility to. To try to help him get through some of that stuff, man. You got to help him navigate that bullying stuff. That's yeah. that's a big brother's yeah. job. I mean, yeah. and and the other thing too, man, is if if you're going through something like to where you had this hatred. I mean, you and I'm not trying to get on you like that, but talk to some yeah, talk to somebody. Like, get some therapy There's on that. Wrong with that because I don't know what what he's going through either. So I don't know if yeah. something happened with the mom. Maybe. Now you shouldn't take that out on you, but I don't know if there's <laughs> something that you're not telling us. Yeah. To where maybe your mom did something. Maybe she messed around on your dad. It doesn't. Maybe she wasn't there for don't, you. Don't take but, that out on, on yeah. a child who's trying to be in your life, Bro. looking up to you. Yeah, exactly. It's bad yeah. enough that he knows you don't like him. Right. And then he's yeah. getting shit from kids at school and all that. And all he wants to do, he wants to be just like you. And you're telling him, I don't want to be your friend. You're letting him know you despise him. Yeah. Bro, that's fucked up. You are an asshole. Yeah, and, 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 and I don't know if you sent that to us just because you wanted someone to tell you that. Maybe you were feeling something internally, but you, you know, know you know you're wrong for that, bro. Yeah, you know you're wrong for that, bro. That's that. If y'all got uh, again, if y'all want to email us, if you got questions, want dating advice, 
just want to ask us random ass questions, the show 032 at gmail.com. We love answering your questions, regardless of how crazy they are. Cause we don't have some crazy ass shit. We done had some effed up shit. Keep but it coming. Keep it coming. Even the ones that are assholes. <laughs> hey, we appreciate hey, all of it. Exactly. Uh, we're going to take a break. When we come back, I bet you can't. You're listening to, ooh, they funny. Introducing Venture X, Capital One's new travel card for people always asking, Where next? You earn 10x miles on hotels and rental cars and 5x miles on flights booked through Capital One Travel and 2x miles on everything else you buy with Venture X. Plus, receive premium travel benefits like access to over 1,300 airport lounges. The Venture X card from Capital One. What's in your wallet? Terms apply. See CapitalOne.com for details. Seven iconic housewives from four different cities. Look at this water. We're going to give them something to talk about. Vacation at Turks and Caicos. The party now. The Real Housewives Ultimate Girls Trip. All episodes streaming now. Only on Peacock. You're listening to Ooh, They Funny Live, local, national, global. <clears throat> so, Bow Wow, like always, was trending for the wrong reasons. On Twitter, people were asking if someone held a gun to your head, could you name three Bow Wow songs? Yeah. I thought it would okay. be pretty simple. Drawing name three. Uh, what's My Name? Uh, Little Bow Wow, Just Don't Know. And then he had the uh, You Ain't Fresh As I'm Is. Yeah. Right, easy, right, easy, easy, easy stuff. Nope. But so that's because it was the 2000. Sorry. That's because yeah. it was like the 2000s. Yeah. So like, but I wouldn't have been able to name that. Nah, Not off the top of my head. Like that, man. They said name five Nick Cannon songs and like name, oh, like name two French Bill Taylor songs. Like, Without a feature. Dead, yeah, that's yeah. hilarious. Yeah. Dead, <laughs> yeah, I'm out on that. And I, I thought it would be a pretty fun game to play. So I have some scenarios for y'all. So uh, I didn't I didn't write down a, a number sheet. So we're just gonna start from Stephen and then go around to the left. So AC, you'll be last because I'm not gonna be going. All right, all right, here we go. Stephen, you got 20, se- 20 seconds. I'm gonna get my timer. Uh, you got twenty seconds to name these things. Let me get everything set. God damn it, Mary Kill. <laughs> All right, name three Denzel movies. Um, oh wow, okay, Training Day. Uh, what was that? God damn, Antoine Fisher. Oh, this nigga about to die. Take off of my head, yo. Oh, um, he about to die. On, oh, 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 oh. Denzel, yeah, I'm dead. Yeah, I can't think Whoa, of that. Okay, God damn. I have one in my Deja head. Vu, Fences. Remember the Titans? Remember the Titans? Yeah. Yeah. Hey, hey, so, the, so 20 seconds. I'm going to bring it to 15 seconds. All right. Drani is you now. Okay. Name three characters from The Incredibles. Uh, Jack Jack, Mr. Incredible, Mrs. Incredible. Mrs. Incredible Easy money. big, boy. <laughs> Very thick. All right. Eddie, name three of Homer's friends. Uh, Lenny. Good. That's what I'm talking about. Damn, I don't remember none of this shit. <laughs> AC, name three shades of blue. Cowboys blue. <laughs> turquoise. And uh, baby blue. 
Do we count Cowboys blue? Fucking right. We Cowboys blue. I give it to Jay-Z blue. blue. Okay. <laughs> Steven, name three green vegetables. Broccoli, cucumber, consider pickle. It's the same thing. Oh, or bell pepper. Green All bell right. pepper. There you go. All right. <laughs> Next up, Gerardi. <laughs> name three Omarion sauce. Dun, 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 dun. Touch. Uh, um, um, you had dang. I would have killed that. Icebox with my heart. Give him a That's how a nigga out for him. I don't know, man. I'm out of here. Gotta eat the booty like grocery. Yeah. Was that a Mario? Oh, that yeah. was a Mario. Damn. Not my way. All right, Eddie P. Uh, three members from Jackass. Steve O. Shout out to Nah, not Bam. The other buddy. Bam sued them, though. This was a funny one. AC, name three women who could kick your ass. China from wrestling. She did. She could have. Jackie, Jacqueline from wrestling. Yep, yep. You think she could have kicked your ass? Maybe. Hurry up. And y'all are talking to me. And uh, what's her name? I don't know her name in MMA. Nah, Ronda Rousey. No. Oh. The one who kicked her ass. So oh, far. Man, oh, you talking about Amanda Nunes. Gosh damn it. That's what I was thinking she of. She said Aaron Wolf. All right. Even... Here we go, Steven. Name three Greek heroes. Zeus. That ain't no hero. That's a, That's a guy. guy. A hero. Um, a hero. God damn it, nigga. Hercules. What? Um, <laughs> <laughs> fuck, I don't know, man. Y'all get these easy ones, bro. <laughs> <laughs> Shovel, plow. All right, Gerardi. Name three types of whales: a beluga whale, a whale shark, and orca whale. You must have not say a killer whale. That is an orca, nigga. Oh, (laughs) 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 (
killer. Okay. Eddie, name three cats. Siamese, Calico, and a Mancun. Yeah, that's Man, nigga, can we ask you a couple, Tony? This nigga be paying attention to school. <laughs> he, got, he got one last one here. AC, name three of those big uh, gas stations. Exxon, Shell. Hold on, let me let me specify. The gas stations where you can go in and buy shit at. Okay. Oh, oh. Travel stations. Yeah, yeah. travel stations. Bucky's, Pilot J, and... Uh, Flying something. Flying J. Fly, uh, Loves, man. Flying J. All right, go ahead. Wait, wait. Okay. Okay. All right, you ready? Tony? I'm ready. Let me, get, let, me get my, let me get my timer set. All right. I know I was considered digging. You got three I feel like QT is. I would, even, I would let you say QT or Racetrack. I would have said that then. I would say Racetrack. Shit. Are you ready? I'm ready. Name three Pharrell songs. Uh, Fronten, uh, Happy, and... Uh, do you really even love me? Pain, brain. I just want your. What is that song called? It's called Brain. Brain. I can't think of that. I one. just want your. It was like one of his early songs. Okay. All right. I got you. All right. I got another one for you. All Ready? Right. Name three video vixens from the 2000s. Uh, Melissa Ford. Uh, fuck. What's that girl's name? Uh, I forgot all the Come on. Come on. You know Come on. Come on. Come on. Come on, eleven, twelve. Come on! Oh, oh, I forgot. I just know their faces. Uh, what was that girl? Oh, Vita Guerrera. Yeah, Vita Guerrera. I forgot about Vita, yo. Vita That's Vita was, yeah. I didn't mean to call y'all hoe. I just forgot your name. I do all their faces, but I'm like, I don't I remember your the name. name at all. all right, yeah, that was a good one. Let me get one more. All right, one more. You ready? I'm ready. Name three Eddie Murphy movies. Boomerang, Nutty Professor, Nutty Professor Two. Okay. Bonus question. You ready? I'm ready. Name three Cat Williams movies. He has three three it, movies he was been in he's that been he's been in. in? Yeah, that he's okay. Been in. Uh, that Friday what was the Friday after next. Um, damn, what was that movie? Yeah, I think all the hood uh, movies. Come I'm on. trying to think of that movie. He's trying to the little white baby. Straight to DVD movies. I, I forgot what that movie was. <laughs> Someone with another one with Ice Cube. You probably bought one in the, a parking lot gas station. Like, come on. Uh, yeah, yeah shot, brother. Yeah. First <laughs> Sunday. First Sunday was in Norbit. In Norbit, yeah. He was in Norbit? Yeah, I remember he was one of the the, Deacons or whatever. (laughs) Uh, I I probably could have said Boondock. Pimp name Slickback. Pimp name Slickback. (laughs) We're going to take a break. When we come back, are you prepared? You're listening to Ooh, They Funny. Whatever you're funny, Peacock's got it exclusively. Bears beats The Office on Peacock. Stream every moment from Dunder Mifflin and explore bonus extras and exclusives. Plus, if you're looking for more classic hits, you can stream every episode of Parks and Recreation, Two and a Half Men, and every season of SNL. In the mood for something brand new? Check out Peacock's original comedies, The Amber Ruffin Show, and Saved by the Bell. Whether you're craving a new binge or familiar fave, you can find tons of comedy hits on Peacock. Get started for free at PeacockTV.com. Whatever you're funny, Peacock's got it exclusively. Bears beats The Office on Peacock. Stream every moment from Dunder Mifflin and explore bonus extras and exclusives. Plus, if you're looking for more classic hits, you can stream every episode of Parks and Recreation, Two and a Half Men, and every season of SNL. In the mood for something brand new? Check out Peacock's original comedies, The Amber Ruffin Show, and Saved by the Bell. Whether you're craving a new binge or familiar fave, you can find tons of comedy hits on Peacock. Get started for free at PeacockTV.com. 
listening to Ooh, They Funny Live Local. National. Global. Yesterday, Stephen had hit me up and asked if I had heard about Florida Senator Lauren Book's nudes being leaked. I had no idea who that was, but since it was a senator, I had to go take it. <laughs> so, she had the typical nudes, uh, the ones with the, you know, take a picture with the phone, a couple of blowjob pics, and she had some bukkake pics. Stuff that could potentially be damaging back in the day, but now I See don't know if anyone's really talking about it anymore. And maybe it's because she wasn't a big name, but I started pondering and thinking to myself, like, as our group really starts to come into power as we get older, I'm pretty sure there's going to be a lot more nudes coming out from everyone. And in all seriousness, if you were thinking about voting for someone, and then it came out that they had nudes, would that affect your view on them? No. I mean, it's just normal. It's like people doing people's shit. Now, oh, what was I going to say? Nah, see, they weren't just no normal nudes, though. Like, they was, she was but, catching but to, nut in the mouth. But see, with me, to me, I looked at it, and maybe 10 years ago, I'd be like, oh, damn, that's damaging. Now, I've looked at it like. Yeah. Yeah, yeah it, I see it, what you mean. Yeah, yeah, it is what it is. And with me, as far as nude leaks, it would depend on what was in the in the leaked pictures. What are you doing in these pictures? Now, if you're doing some Satanist uh, yeah, yeah, I type can't. of shit, maybe I might change my mind on you. she getting gang banged? I wouldn't even say gang you know, banged. Like, I... You know, if a girl was getting gang banged, I'd say but a she didn't do what she wanted to do. She did what she did for her country or whatever JFK says. <laughs> 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 I, I mean, yeah, I mean, it is what it is. Y'all probably yeah, wonder like, why it's so silent. Everybody watching. Everybody watching. Everybody looking at it. So she's a senator. Yeah, yeah. in Florida. Oh, I mean, that makes sense. I was like, who the hell is it? It feels like a Florida she's senator. senator. I mean, yeah. like, that feels Florida. Florida. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, I mean, but I feel like, you know what? That's what they did so in those private time. time. Out. Exactly. <laughs> See, that's that's where I'm at that's with it. That's in private time. I don't give a shit. Yeah. Like, I can understand, like, if that's some shit that they uploading right now to the, hey, you want to check out my own That she's from Florida. Like, Come on now, we're not people for the I guess for me, like, uh, oh, I'm just glad that, not glad, yeah, I'm, first I'm glad that the news came out, because she actually kind of cute, you know? Yeah, shout she, out to her. Um, but, <laughs> uh, I'm glad she didn't, you know, I, she when, not, she does she seem even ashamed about it? Because if she does, then. I don't know. Yes. So I was reading the articles and everything, she's like, I can't believe somebody would do this, but she's trying to sue, I guess it was some kids that did it. They hacked Ooh. the cloud. Yeah. And got her. That's and crazy. so. It's like, yo, <laughs> because you know, I mean, I I'm assuming it's trying to, say, yeah, it's, my yeah, it's me life. doing my, yeah, it's my personal life. It's, it's not like I'm my man or yeah. someone hacked my. I stuff. guess Everybody the thing is, is if she wasn't with her office. dude, that would be a problem. Yeah, personally, well, I can get two fucks in. Like it's your private married life. Married, and it was like, even I, then, I'm just like, like man, you do what you do, right? I mean, let's be honest. If someone took pictures out of all of our, like, you know what I mean? Like, could you imagine how would you be? So, I mean. Congratulations! I have clean pictures, okay? Sure. Yeah, they're probably clean quality. Yes, yeah. <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> <It's laughs> so HD, 1080p. <laughs> I got the remote. Slow motion. Slow motion. I, I mean, I really. If she would have came out and was like, you know. God doesn't allow this and doesn't want it. Yeah. And if you started talking all right. this God stuff, then I'd be yeah. like, yo, you got what you got. That's right. what you get. But the fact that oh, she didn't come, <laughs> she's, <laughs> hey, she took it to the face, yo. She took it to the face. Take it to the head. Yeah. Yeah. One nut to the face. She ain't slut. Nah. 
If it was a bunch of dicks. That's what I'm saying. She was getting <laughs> gang banged. Like that, that's why I said does it depend on, on what it is. Yeah. That's just her and her guy yeah. having fun. Who cares? That's how get leaked. Yeah, yeah. I, I don't know why people keep uploading to the cloud though, because there's yeah, there's literally true. just people designated like their whole job is to yeah. find yeah. news of celebs. They probably seen y'all's news already if you upload to the cloud. They're just yep. like, they just oh, they're, they're not popular. They're, 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 they're just not cool. Yeah. Doesn't yeah. it automatically go to the cloud after you take a picture? I thought it did. If, if you have, have a set up for that, yeah. I don't. Mm. <laughs> I don't think that shit. Yeah. <laughs> no. That only for iPhones and stuff. It's well, Androids have it too, but if you undo it, it's your Google Drive. Yeah. Yeah, so everybody be careful out there. Yeah, Google so Drive will they, get you in trouble. They out here. They out here. And ladies, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, go ahead and be, be ladies, just, check Actually, this, this is the, the last thing I wanted to say on this is, <laughs> fellas, if you have daughters, oh, actually, God. I'm gonna say this to t- tell your kids, fellas, for your sons, tell them don't ever put their face in there with their thing <laughs> if they're gonna take a picture. Yeah. With your daughters, let them know that if they send nudes, he's going to show all his friends yeah. in the beginning. Ladies, your dude's friends have seen you nude. It just, it is what it is. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. That's kind of embarrassing, too, when you first get some nudes and you show them to the homies and you end up getting serious about that, too. It's like, bro, just forget everything you saw, bro. I'm looking at my girl like that, guess You don't even bring it up, though. Like, yeah, make sure it's like, it's like... But it's just awkward because yeah. you know and you know, I know that they you know. know. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Sometimes they may show their friends if you send them a good quality cockpick. I don't know, but most this is true. Yeah. <laughs> you gotta put it next to the remote or something. Yeah. <laughs> see, see, it almost reaches the power. Yeah. Check me out. Gang, <laughs> gang. For, for measurement purposes. Yeah. <laughs> you see this remote? You see it? You see that light saw can? You see it? Well, why is that Lysol can under your leg, too? <laughs> Don't worry about that. It's at the top. Uh, just know. You see it. You see it. Uh, we're going to take a break. When we come back, if you could take part in any kind of hobby, what would you do? You're listening to, ooh, they funny. Everyone loves shopping online. Well, I'm going to tell you what I tell my golf buddies when they buy clubs. Stop searching for coupon codes. Download Capital One Shopping to your computer. Capital One Shopping instantly searches for available coupon codes and automatically applies them at checkout. Plus, it's free, and you don't even need a Capital One card to use it. That's like hitting a hole in one without even trying. Capital One Shopping. It's kind of genius. What's in your wallet? Savings and available coupons vary. Funny lie, local. <laughs> so I think it's important to have a hobby, uh, a breakup from the mundaneness of life. Maybe you know hobbies they help you refresh, decompress from the stresses of your life, or maybe they give you some sort of purpose. I'm pretty sure we all have some sort of hobby we're involved in, or wish we could make more time for. My question to y'all is: If money wasn't a factor, what kind of hobby would you do? I'm talking about anything in the world, and you could have multiple hobbies. I'll start because I'm give y'all some time to think. First thing I do, I'd like to get a pilot license and fly a plane. I think that'd be pretty dope if I could just fly all over the place, not have to be in in line, just fly. 
just do like Jimmy Graham used to do, make them a little video. <laughs> and that's why he sucks at playing football now. Spent too much time doing that. Um, hmm. I would probably write books, yeah. That sounds very weird, but I feel like I've had a lot <laughs> of experiences and yeah. shit. And I'd probably write some books, yeah. About what? Shit. Whew. <laughs> that time in Dallas at, uh, <laughs> we, we can call it Sadil's. And then we can call, uh, <laughs> um, <laughs> Um, it, it would be de- several different genres. Probably a little Mr. Blood in there. Um, Mr. Blood. <laughs> <laughs> Shout out to Mr. Blood. Shout, Shout out, out to Coach. It'd be uh, some, yeah, it'd be a lot of, whew. Yeah. It'd be steamy. I got you. Yeah. I got yeah. you. Bring myself. Shit, I want to go out, get those little buggies, and go out to the country and just go on the little trails, and uh, like mudding and shit. Yeah. Like, that shit would be fun. That shit would be really fun that in the desert be... on the sand yeah, dunes. I, I, I see Stone Cold Steve Austin. Like I follow him. Yeah, and he's out there in the desert. I think in Nevada. That shit looks fun. Like he's yeah. going like eighty miles per hour yeah. just with the little GoPro. Yeah, I was like, man, I want to do that, but that, shit that thing be probably costs like thirty thousand dollars that he has. Hey, money's no option though. You can That's do whatever what you want to do. I want to do that shit. Mine would be a whole lot of indoor skydiving. That's dope. Yeah. I've done that. Like before. the iFly thing or like the legit? Like just the indoor thing where she. You ever seen the base jumping where they jump off the cliff that, and they yeah. got the thing that and they, they glide? Yeah, yeah. Man. I'm scared of heights, but I would do that. The same thing. Yeah, that. it should be it's cool. nice to watch. I think my would oh, be watch. high stakes poker. I would like to, you know. You ever watch those dudes yeah. at the table and they be having like a quarter mil on the line? Right. They look oh, so yeah. calm. I'm like, bro, money is no object. I'm pushing everything into the middle. I don't know what the hell you're doing. You just want to go in there and be like, bro, you got the worst hand. I know. Yeah, <laughs> I can't lose. I'm about suspend the check, get it right back. <laughs> hey, you can't lose, but you can win. Yeah, yeah that's exactly. Saying. That's what I'm saying. Right. Bro, yeah. I'm every time. I have my sunglasses on. And <laughs> so, so another hobby I would like is I'd like to travel to be able to travel to places all over the world and take cool pictures with like the monuments they're known for, yeah. like the Eiffel Tower or. I don't know what that island is where it has all them weird ass faces. The yeah. stone, yeah, the yeah. Little stone faces. You know, and one shit. of them moved. It did. Yeah, yeah. I can't. Um, is that the Easter Island? Yeah, Easter yeah. Island. One of them moved, and they're trying to figure out how it moved. Like what? turned around or some shit. Or? It shifted. Or? Shifted or like I think it turned around or sh- you know, something. <laughs> no, what? they were saying like it looked like an alien. <laughs> Just, like, it, you know what? We I don't like this. It's stupid. They ain't even gonna notice. Yeah. Watch the move pyramids. I don't ever know. We did. <laughs> you want the bomba? <laughs> I would definitely like to travel. I probably want to go places and like try different foods and shit. Yeah, that'd be, that'd like, be dope. Yeah. Like Guy Fieri. I'd be like, hey, yeah. let's go to different countries. And try that, nah, that would be dope. Just to have that as your job to go eat. Right. And you just hyping up people's business, so you're helping people out. And you get free food. I don't know because Anthony Bourdain killed himself. <laughs> he had, a, he had the best job in the world. He did the same exact thing y'all was talking about. That's true, but I mean, and what happened? How he died? He killed he himself. Just, he overdosed, didn't he? Or did he? I hung himself or yeah, something like that. Okay, yeah. See, I ain't like that. <laughs> <laughs> That's what he said too. I ain't like oh, that. Okay, Next another one. Nah. I would be in a cage, but I do some Steve Irwin shit. I don't want to be that close to the fucking animal. 
but I'd be like, I want to see like a whole bunch of like wild animals like, up close. Yeah, like, see a I tiger mean, like, yeah. like, in, so like in the thing. Or like Jurassic Park, how they had like those little balls so that you can like. Yeah. Yeah, that should be dope. I want to see the antelope cross over the river and see the. The crocodiles. <laughs> <laughs> I watch those videos on. I'll be on YouTube two hours watching like crocodiles just when they try to cross. Yes. And the crocodiles just get them, take one. I don't know. I don't know why I enjoy watching animals get killed and eaten by them. It's nature, dog. Yeah, it's kind of primalistic. Like you, yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 Go for the jugular. Just the anticipation. I don't know if y'all have seen it, but there was a jaguar that ate this uh sloth. Yeah. And like the sloth is like like before like the jaguar is grabbing his ass. The sloth's hanging onto a tree. <laughs> yeah, in the rainforest. And so it's, oh, it's grabbing onto this tree. And you can see the moment that the, the sloth says, well, I'm done now. It closes its eyes. <laughs> then it's gone. <laughs> I find it to sit at y'all. It's like the... Bro. It's the most sad but most intriguing. Yes, bro, like, he, he tried to escape his No, he tried. He tried. Uh, <laughs> I better hurry. No, he tried. <laughs> and he was good. I'm not going to ruin it for you. I'm going to find the video and I'm going to send it to y'all. Y'all can watch it tonight. Oh, shit, he's gaining on me. <laughs> oh, I'd have to be a slaughter. Uh, my, my last one I had, this was kind of some in my asshole type shit, to be paparazzi once a year and see if I could get celebrities to get pissed off. Yeah, go you can find John. Kanye and piss go him off. Like, Kanye. Kanye, you're a bad father. Because <laughs> if he tries to punch you, he ain't going to try to... Paid. He always punches a little skinny white dude. He won't go up to no brother. He ain't never seen Kanye attack a, like a, a brother, brother yeah. or somebody yeah. with size on him. It's always like some scrawny teenage looking dude. Right. I'm going to bring back Punk. Oh, yeah, my yeah. God. That would be yeah. good. You ever seen that uh, Kanye West punk? Yes. Where he took off with the footage? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Kanye's really like that, bro. Yeah, I was like, that's not punk. That's real life. That's bro. real Kanye. Yeah, that is real life. Uh, we're going to take a quick break. When we come back, weirdest nicknames people tried to give you. You're listening okay. to Ooh, Nate Funny. Introducing Venture X, Capital One's new travel card for people always asking, Where next? You earn 10x miles on hotels and rental cars and 5x miles on flights booked through Capital One Travel and 2x miles on everything else you buy with Venture X. Plus, receive premium travel benefits like access to over 1,300 airport lounges. The Venture X card from Capital One. What's in your wallet? Terms apply. See CapitalOne.com for details. Listening to Ooh, they funny live local, national, global. So I don't really have any kind of introduction for this. Just I just wanted to know, like, what are some of the weirdest nicknames people try to give you? Um, so I got one. So um, whenever I transition into my new role, um, I have a unique name. My name is Gerardney, and it's J A, you know, and then apostrophe R O D N E Y. So on paper, there was an apostrophe. In there. Exactly. So on paper, it can look a little intimidating. Yeah. Uh, so my first day in the role, <laughs> uh, we're in a conference call. And, you know, at, at conference calls, you're really formal. You introduce everybody yeah. on the call, everybody that's there. And so he gets to me and he goes, and we got Jamichael. 
And some of the VPs and stuff that knew me were like, who the hell is Jermichael? Yeah. So this guy goes a whole meeting calling me Jermichael, right? And it's like, yeah. and, and it's kind of like, it's kind of like, it helps like everybody kind of get cool with me because yeah. they like, they see I'm cool with it. Right. So then that turns into me getting like 10 different variations of my name. So it's Jermichael, Jerodrick, Jeromini, uh, Jerizzle, Jeronimo, Geronimo, Jabroni. And I hate the Jabroni. And I actually got into a fight in middle school over someone calling me Jerome. Jabroni. Jabroni. Like that was like, yeah, yeah. But yeah, so it's always funny when people see my name. They always give me something weird. So yeah, I have an aunt that calls me Jerodrick. She's my aunt. She calls <laughs> me Jerodrick. Why? Or? I don't know why. Uh, I have another one of my friends. His mom calls me Jeromini. So I, I got like fifty different aliases. So <laughs> <laughs> on top uh, of the ones I gave oh, myself. Oh, and everybody calls you <laughs> somewhere in America. Somewhere in America, and, right? And, and I, I I run into so many people. And they never comment. They, they never like my stuff when I run into them. They'll be like, man, you always made me laugh with that uh, somewhere in America guy. What's his name? I was like, Who's that one guy? Oh, somewhere in America. Tony is a cyber bully. Y'all have to have a chance. He's a cyber Debo. He's the real Debo. It really depends on the year, though. Yeah, because when the Cowboys suck, I don't really got too much. He gets to real suck. quiet, and it's like, it's not, see, it's not any fun when I troll Tony. It's like, but when Tony gets me, it's like my favorite one is the Kevin Gates one, where Kevin Gates was jumping, oh, and I'm in the crowd. <laughs> that was by far my favorite. Like sometimes I can't add him to my timeline because I'm embarrassed. But sometimes like Tony will get really good, and I'm like, the world has to see this. <laughs> oh man! So I think one of the dumbest ones I ever had. Now, for the, the people who've been with us, y'all know I have big feet. For the people who don't, I wear size 18. So, the dumbest, and it didn't stick because I didn't I didn't accept it, was feet. Like, people like, hey, like, hey feet, hey, feet. Uh, my freshman year, actually, 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 my sophomore year. Like, feet. And I'm like, no. And at that time, I, I will say one of the funniest things I ever heard. I had on the I had these white Jordans. I had these white you Jordans. And so it was like roast a freshman day or, oh, or roast the new people day. So like some senior, he's like, Man, I tell y'all what, I, I was walking through the locker room and I fell down. And I was like, What the hell? I thought it was a bench or something. And I, I look up and I see this big white bench and I and I see what I think is Michael Jordan. But then I see Scottie Pippen, and I see, is that Rod? And I just see the whole group. And he said, I ain't never seen no Jordans with the whole teams on. <laughs> <laughs> and so that, that shit was just funny to me, like, feed, feed. Uh, and I never responded, so eventually you had to give it up. Man, I had two stupid ones. When I was in high school, one of my electives was sign language. And I was literally the only person in the class named Eddie. There was nobody else in there. Some reason all the other kids in there they were signing would call me Black Eddie. I was like, like, hey. I was like, like why the fuck are you calling me Black Eddie? There's no other Eddie in here. Just call me Eddie. <laughs> and, and, that, and like, only one person outside of that called me that, and that's Calvin. He's like, you know, like he called yeah. me Black Eddie. He still called me Black Eddie. And then another time I was working at um, Ashley Furniture, and there was a dude there named Dennis. He would call me Eddie Mac. He's Eddie Mac. Dressed in black, silver buttons all down his back. He say that, whatever. <laughs> <laughs> there, was other, there was this other dude there. I forgot his. I don't remember his name, but he thought that Dennis was calling me Mike. So I'm thinking, but the way he talked, sounded like he was saying Mac. Yeah. He was saying Mike, Mike. I thought he was calling me Mac. So I'm like, so I thought he was calling me Mac too. 
One time, Dennis called me. He said, I thought your name was Mike. I said, that's what the fuck you been calling me. <laughs> <laughs> I said, you know, Mike? I thought you were calling me back. <laughs> so I was like, bro, you Oh, he had one of those plies that said, he was like, my, my. I thought, was, I thought he was saying Mac. I was, I was okay because yeah. he just called me Eddie Mac. Yeah. So I was like, all right, cool. I, I respond to that. He called me Eddie Mac. Cool. So. Uh, I would say, um, like, I guess kind of like Eddie. I've brought it on the show before, but um, especially when Dave Chappelle came out, it was darkness. Darkness, friend. <laughs> darkness. From the darkness. <laughs> and then uh, just recently, when I started at my job, uh, before I was GM and all that, uh, um, my boss, he would call me Steve to the O face. And I never understood why. I'm like, oh, that sounds so stu- yeah. stupid. He'd be like, I walk in, I'm like, Steve to the O face. Oh, What's office up? Space. Is it? Is that yeah. what? It, I don't know. I'm just like, like office, the office? You don't remember office space like you show your O face? You don't remember that? No. Oh. no I, 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 I never could. I, I got watched you. that movie and I don't remember that part but, of it. It, it clicks now. Now it makes sense. Steve to the O face. What's up? I'm like, what up, Alex? <laughs> What's up, dog? Um, stop calling me Steve to the old face, dog. Like, it's annoying. But uh, I'm trying to think of another one. I had another one just a second ago, but go ahead, AC. Yeah, no, mine is. Six, eight. Yeah. From fucking, I've said it before on the show. So, when I was a freshman, I liked T-Mac, you know. <laughs> so, my dad went and told the football coach. He's like, oh, he's a basketball player. I played football, but he's like, he wants to be six, eight like T-Mac. So from freshman year all the way to senior year, every time he see me in the hallway or in practice, six eight, come here six eight, and I had to respond. I, at first, I'm like, I'm not gonna respond to it, and by my junior year, I'm like, this motherfucker's gonna call me this until I graduate. So I might as well just. I'd be in the hallway, I turn around the other way, and he said six eight, and everybody in the, in the hallway would be like, who is he talking to? And I keep walking. I said, I said, I know you hear me six eight. I was like, why did my dad? I said, I said, he still calls me that. It's my senior year. He still calls me that. So, I don't know. That's the only one. Yeah. I'm, I'm trying to think. Like, I had I had this old, older guy. I, I still, I'm still cool with him we make bets because he hates the Cowboys too. Mr. Rob. And I don't know if this was like some old terminology from uh, Mississippi or what, but he would call me Hold on, I'm about to ask him what the hell he called me because it was, I don't want to mess it up. Well, how about, did y'all have any he, money? It was an acronym that he would use. I actually, you know what I'm saying at Off Air. I ain't going to say it on there. <laughs> well, this one, have y'all ever given people a nickname, man? All the time. All the time. All the time, All the time what, are some, what are some big ones? I used to call you Kill Button. Because that, that, that damn dot on your neck. Oh. Like, I'll put you right here. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I'll call you that. Uh, trying to think. Eddie, did I ever call you anything? People always got weird names for me. Tony Barone. We had a oh, I forgot about that one. Cowboy. Tony Barone. Tony Barone. <laughs> I worked with a dude who got a bunch of, looked like jailhouse tattoos. They just looked like shit. So I remember one time he was arguing with this one dude who worked in the truck next to him. And dude said, man, look like the little toddlers with them tattoos on. <laughs> he used to look like a whole bunch of Scribble Scrabble. So we started calling him Scribble Scrabble. The way his tattoos were. They're yeah. like, like halfway done and shit. Like, <laughs> like, yeah, your name's Scribble Scrabble now. Oh, what a bug. What a bug? Yeah. What a bug? So my, my seventh grade coach, we had a little chunky, dark-skinned dude transferred from Chicago. Oh, this was eighth grade. Yeah. But he could hoop. You know, he was 
from Shottown, but if you look at him, he just looks like a little chunky, dark kid. Nigga was blurple. But he could hoop. <laughs> he, he had handles and could shoot. And so my, my coach was like, I'm going to call you Water Bug. <laughs> and so that whole year, he said, Water Bug. <laughs> his, name, his name was Mike. And we were all, yeah, we forgot yeah, Mike. Yeah, Mike. Mike. Well, we always forgot his name. I didn't know it. That whole year, we were calling him Water Bug. Before I realized what his name, I had to ask him at the end of the year. Taco. Like, Water Bug. Taco. Yeah, Taco. I didn't know his real name until we I, got. I still don't know his name. <laughs> so, <laughs> one, so one that I I gave that actually was by mistake just because I heard. So y'all y'all heard our friend Guthrie, but <laughs> we used to call him Guthrie, yeah. and we called him Guthrie for like three years. I didn't know his real last name was Guthrie. He wasn't correct. I, he wasn't correct us at all. No yeah, there's no N in there whatsoever, and it just be like Guthrie, hey, Guthrie, Gun. Yeah, yeah Gun. <laughs> Because he wanted to be accepted, y'all. <laughs> so, and he's I mean, like, come on. I was, he said, you know, you know, it's not my last name. I was, like, I was like, bro, how you not going to tell somebody after three years? All I know is that my nigga did this for a picture. <laughs> Put that one. Put that one strand right there. This <laughs> nigga here. And held the sign. What did they call it? No, like, no, what did you do? A bang. A little bang. You might have got a bang, a long ass bang, too. And knowing his forehead was big, like, no, nah, what are you doing? That's what the bang is for. Cover it up. Nah, I ain't covering shit up. Right. It, it covered up that eyelash. And then Tommy finally told me, it's not Guthrie. I found out it's Guthrie. <laughs> I'm like, well, I guess I'll call him Guth. We need yeah. to get him back on here. Yeah. yeah. Get him drunk. Anybody heard uh, from White Stevens? Oh, no. No. How's, how's that motherfucker doing? Yeah, fuck. <laughs> oh. Eddie Beast with him on the little You got a drink, right? All right. So, ladies and gentlemen, Jirani oh, no. has decided gonna give me a blue to do the challenge. Now you got a you bro, got a I'm choice. Too many pills right now. You got a choice, bro. Now one of these is gonna make you feel ooh wee, and one of these is gonna make you say, "What the hell just happened?" We all took the just right pick, one. And just, we're pick, still alive. just pick one. Well, I took both. I did. Don't tell that. I took both, and then everybody follow me. One gives you gas. I like Friday. <laughs> so. What? On your way home, you're going to be shitting all over the place. Yeah, hold on. It, 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 ain't, it ain't gonna make shit. Yeah, I hope you so how does everybody one. take pills? Do you put the pill in your mouth oh. first or do you put something in your mouth? I put a pill in my mouth first. I, I put yeah. liquid See, I, in my mouth. I do liquid first and then. I can't do that. I no? Because then you're dropping it into the liquid and it's like. You exactly. Gotta, <laughs> <it's weird. laughs> I yeah. just want to put the pill first and then the. Yeah, you pill and then you. I put liquid pill, then more liquid. Yeah. 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 Um. Real quick, because I don't want to take a break. I want to slide over to this last thing we got here. And this is hypothetical questions. Right. We only got two. Cool. First one. Would you become more intelligent if it was at the cost of your happiness? No. 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 I'll be a dumbass happy nigga. Yeah. <laughs> Ignorance is bliss, bro. Yeah. You got to think the smartest people in the world are usually depressed. Yeah. yeah. That's true. Because they know the world. They understand how everything's working. They're These taxes. <laughs> 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 that's what we got here. What would you ask for if you knew the answer was going to be yes? Hmm. Am I going to win the lottery? Yeah. Are they telling the truth, though? Which if is I, if the answer is straight up yes. Like, who am I asking? So, so to me, so to the me, answer be yes anytime. I'd be lying, too, though. If I'd ask Elon Musk, can I have a billion dollars? Yeah. <laughs> right. So and then me, I'll never bother my, you My again, answer would be <laughs> never see me again. Yeah. Again, the question is what would you ask for if you knew the answer was going to be yes? Mine would be. I want to be the best at everything there is to do in the world, and then I'm, I'm the best. I can go. I can go back. Just give me the money. No, it's a damn wish. no. I'm. I'm saying I want to be the best, and the answer is yes. 
So are you saying, am I going to be the best or can I be? No, I'm saying, what would you ask for if you knew the answer was going to be yes? I want to be the best at everything there is to do. So I can say a trillion dollars. Yeah. Okay. okay. That's what I, I want. A trillion dollars. Yeah. I want all the powers and none of the weaknesses of Superman. There we go. There you go. Okay. And see, I'm, I'm the best at doing that so that I'd be better than you. Yeah. Well, how about this? I'm going to one up both of you. I want to be God. I mean, I'm super. But see, I'm the best at it, so I'd be better than you. No, you wouldn't, because I you'd made be, you. You'd be in your I little, made you. Nah, you'd be in no, your no, little no, baby no. universe. No, no, no. You know what? I made you. You so would think you did. <laughs> no, 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 no. I already spoke to God <laughs> face <laughs> to face. I am God. <laughs> I'm going to let you think that you did this, but... Ultimately, I am God. I, I feel like we would keep playing a game back and forth. <laughs> right. And so we keep opening the door like, ha, gotcha, nigga. <laughs> You'd be like, this can't be the end. Ha, <laughs> gotcha, nigga. <laughs> See, while people are questioning if y'all exist, they gonna know me. I'm gonna show myself. I'm gonna be flying above everybody all the time. And they gonna be like, oh, y'all ain't got no kryptonite. Fuck you. That shit don't work on me, player. Hey, I could just see, like, just imagine <laughs> if you had Superman powers. And I know y'all remember in uh, what's that show? The good, not the good guys. Uh, the, the boys. The boys, where homeboy would look through the wall and be looking at the yeah, yeah. Like, can you just imagine you just be coming up to to people's houses, just looking through, and they can't do nothing about it. See, I've always <laughs> thought that too. Like, even before the boys came out, like I, you know, obviously seen Superman with Lois and Clark show we watched, and like. Knowing that you got X-ray powers, man, you better believe I'm looking. Yeah, I'm be looking at people like, like what's some Miss Peters? Yeah, girl. Yeah. Like, could you imagine that? Be like not liking somebody and looking at me like you got brain cancer, and I, you don't even know that shit. Like you got a headache, you need some Advil. You got two years to live. You got COVID, and you giving it to us right now. See, that so you just seen all that stuff. <laughs> hey, y'all have all that. Just give me my fifty billion, and I'm gonna dip off. So, right. I don't want to be the richest because the richest gets all the attention. So let put me somewhere. Like, He's in the middle. Of the pack. That's the answer. Like, I don't need money. I'm super. Good. You take that. I just want my money. I'm gonna dip off. I don't. I don't want no attention. That's the thing. I don't want nobody knowing me. I just want to be rich and go off and live and do all that shit and look like an average Joe. You know what? Congratulations! <laughs> <laughs> it's my turn! <laughs> I love that video, bro. <laughs> hey, but see, but see, here's the beauty of that. While I'm arguing with him, I've created my twin to keep arguing with him. Now I'm back with you in the air of Superman because I'm the best at doing it. So he's created Jesus. <laughs> created better Jesus. <laughs> so we've come to the end of the show. Appreciate y'all rocking with us once again. Uh, if this was your first time tuning in, go ahead, hit that like or subscribe button so you can always follow us. Big up to Jerani coming through. Appreciate you, bro. Appreciate you. Anytime you want to come through, man, just let us know. Uh, go to Google, type in Uday Funny. It's three O's with an H. Anything that has to do with us will pop up. We are going to have a new video drop. Tonight. Tonight. Gerardi participated in. You want me to tag you in that? Or you tag me in that. Okay. <laughs> I'm going to work on that. Eddie P, how can I get at you, bro? You can find me on IG at Black Superman. Gerardi? You can find me on Tinder at KillerCam214. <laughs> 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 Advertisement. Oh, man. Steve J. <laughs> at the S. Johnson Show on Twitter. Steve OJ, that's me on Instagram. AC? AC6842 on IG. When it comes to my Snapchat and my TikTok, it's T-Bone State 2K5. When it comes to my Instagram, it's Miss November 2K5. What? Uh, Miss November 2K5. One more time, because Cuzzle's back, yo. Yeah.
It's a Mr. N-O-V-E-M-B-E-R 2K5 Redskins suck. And if you don't know, now you know. Peace. To the show, you hung with us, laughed with us. Now we gotta go. Controversial, thought provoking, it's a guarantee. If you tune in, we'll show out and give you what you need. You have a busy life, and I know that you got options. But every Wednesday, you know it's on. We gon' keep this party rocking. Just tune in and chill out. You'll never know what we'll talk about. Just wanna thank you for helping us grow. If you don't know, well now you know. Ride with us, high side with us, get fly with us, going live with us, climb a hop with us, never stop with us. But believe we'll always have a good show. Here we go, it's the show, it's the show, that's the end. Gotta go, gotta go, gotta go. And for riding with us, high side with us, get fly with us, going live with us, climb a hop with us, never stop with us. But believe we'll always have a good show. Here we go, it's the show. Introducing Venture X, Capital One's new travel card for people always asking, Where next? You earn 10x miles on hotels and rental cars, and 5x miles on flights booked through Capital One Travel, and 2x miles on everything else you buy with Venture X. Plus, receive premium travel benefits like access to over 1,300 airport lounges. The Venture X card from Capital One. What's in your wallet? Terms apply. See CapitalOne.com for details. Whatever you're funny, Peacock's got it exclusively. Bears beats The Office on Peacock. Stream every moment from Dunder Mifflin and explore bonus extras and exclusives. Plus, if you're looking for more classic hits, you can stream every episode of Parks and Recreation, Two and a Half Men, and every season of SNL. In the mood for something brand new? Check out Peacock's original comedies, The Amber Ruffin Show, and Saved by the Bell. Whether you're craving a new binge or familiar fave, you can find tons of comedy hits on Peacock. Get started for free at PeacockTV.com.